Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Anything MTG Podcast. I'm Nick, and I'm here with Seth. Hola. And today, we are very excited. We are. Presents have been given from the gods. <laughs> That's right. Arr, matey. I'm ready to talk. <laughs> I'm excited about uh, these pirates, man. I'm not going to lie. Oh, you've, you've already, excited. obviously, so obviously we're talking uh, Ixalan spoilers today. Yes. Um, just just focus on standard. We're going to do a follow-up episode. Probably going to talk modern and you know maybe some legacy and stuff like that and see what cards we think are going to yes. make it all the way. Because I, I definitely think there are some, and I think you agree. Oh, yeah. They did a good job this time. I think this is going to affect pretty much all formats around, I mean, at least the popular formats. So can you give me a solid and just give me a little more juice in the, the audio? Sure. Thank you. All is right. that better? That's perfect. Better, better. Thank you. Butter, better. Let me go up a little bit. Good, good, good. Good. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, and I think we're going to try to do it differently this time. We're going to try to um, talk about it thematically instead of going through it by color and saying, hey, we like this card and reading off cards. We don't really want to do that because that's, that's boring. It's not fun for anybody. That's right. I mean, we're going in here assuming that you know our audience, our audience, you guys, has done this some of this research preliminarily and looked at the cards, at least went on Star City or something and checked them out. So this way we can kind of talk more archetypes and focus on the meta, the stuff that really matters. Yeah, yeah, day. exactly. All right, so where, where do you want to start, Seth? I, oh, do you want to start with Pirates? Because you're, you're, you're pretty amped about it. Sure, we can. Okay, so I want to start with two, two or three things. As like an, we can start with using pirates as the lens. Okay, think this is going to be a bigger shakeup than the last meta shift, in my opinion. I, I feel think, the same way about it. I think a lot of things are going to change, and I think finally we're going to see a little bit more control. I don't think it'll be top tier, but I think that there's a little bit more wood behind the arrow this time yep. to give blue at least the chance it needs to really go over the top. So one of the things that right away, you know, because we're talking about playing standard here, and we're going to get into it, play a com- little competitively at the LGSs and stuff, which Absolutely. will be fun. Big change of pace coming from Modern and Legacy, but I'm ready. And I think I'm going to go with Blue Black Pirates. And I'm going to start just with my opinion on this whole thing. Okay. I feel like it's well-positioned. I feel like it's different than the previous meta, and that the decks coming, like Ramanop Red, coming from the other meta, won't maybe won't be ready for what something like Blue Black, Black Pirates will have to offer, just speaking in my own terms. Sure. With little sneaky sure. things like Cancel and Opt from Blue, giving you a little bit more edge over you know, maybe just the straightforward red approach that you don't have, and the fact that there's just all these real jundy things going on. Yeah, the, just, the, the black side of the Pirates is um, just like classic. It's jundy, know, I love it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's something else. It really is. It reminds me of... You know, modern and legacy John stuff, especially with this newer printing of something like Dead Eye Tracker. Yeah. Um, this one I just got to read because I just Yeah, love it's this. such a good card. It's only two bucks right now. I could see this one on the rise across multiple formats. One black human pirate. It's 1-1. One, one. Generic. To activate its ability, it's a generic and one black. Tap it. Exile two target cards from an opponent's graveyard. Dead Eye Tracker explores. So explores a new ability, a triggered ability. Reveal whoops, Reveal the top card of your, your library. Put that card uh, into your hand if it's a land card. Otherwise, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. Then put that card back on top of your library or into your graveyard. So there's the key there. You've got options. Yep. You, you are now controlling on a turn-by-turn basis what the top card of that library is. A la Grim Flayer, maybe something sure. where you're, and you're also you know making your creature bigger yes. or getting a land out of the deal, you know. Yeah. So it's it's good all around. It's always benefiting you. That's right. And now pirates also have a bit of synergy with the newer vehicles that are printed. And there's some conditionals that allow, along with this raid mechanic, which is a new one, which is kind of cool. This is another human pirate. This one's kind of a common. Not not great, but it's worth mentioning, I guess. One black, two generic. It has raid. It's a human pirate. For It's a 2-2. When Deadeye Tormentor enters the battlefield, if you attacked with a creature this turn, target opponent discards a card. That's an example of maybe a crappier card 
that looks good on the surface-ish, but I wouldn't put it in the deck. You know, and obviously the price at 15 cents reflects across the board. Right. There's right. one more that right. I want to mention right away, and it's really the first thing that jumped you know, my attention to it and made me think, well, maybe this is a viable strategy more than I thought, and it's the Orc Pirate, Ruin Raider. Oh, yeah. Functional Ruin reprint. Raider. Of of Dark Confidant, one of my favorite cards of all time. So one black, two generic, Orc Pirate, 3-2. I also like that it's a 3-2. It's got a little bit more power. Now, granted, it's not a Dark Confidant. It's not as good, but once you hear it, you'll see, oh, okay. So Raid, the beginning of your end step, if you attacked with a creature this turn, reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand. You lose life equal to the card's converted mana cost. So it's happening at the end of the turn, but you have things that you can cast ahead of time, like Opt, and you have options now to control a little bit of that top of the library so you're not going to get burned real bad on the health and it's only going to give you that card advantage that we haven't really seen in standard in a while yeah and you know i like the fact that um it's controllable by you right so if you don't want to lose a life you don't have to attack with the creatures That's um right. Where, you know, with Dark Confident, you can get yourself into a hole really quick, you know, oh, if you're yeah. not careful. <laughs> well, that's why, I mean, as we see with Dark Confident, it's got to be in the right deck. It's not in a deck with a high, high curve. You sure. Know, it's, that's sure. where it fits in John, like, a, you know, like perfect because everything's three or less. And the most you're taking three for a lily and that's worth it every time. Exactly. In this case, though, you're going to be taking ones, twos and threes, you know, lower converted mana cost stuff. Even if you have some of the costlier equipment that we'll be getting to a little bit later, it's not going to burn you that bad. It just feels like there's a lot of synergy abound here. There's a lot of chances that can be taken. Um, and even on some of the stuff that's maybe a, a little bit bigger, and we and we were going to say this before, they're mixed in with the you know the orcs, the pirates, the stuff like that. There are vampires in this set. Yep. Upon first glance, what did you think, Nick, of the vampires? Um, you know, I was I was surprised first of all because I started at the top of the list and I saw white mono white vampires, which immediately was um, shocking, just because I've never I don't think I've recall seeing mono white vampires not really they've there's been some black white ones i believe yeah yeah sort they're, of like the normally. zombie thing they just did with Amonkhet. they're breaking all the rules again. yeah they really are and um you know honestly i i wasn't really impressed by anything i saw the vampires i think they'll be you know tier two tier three bottom of the barrel i, I wouldn't yeah. waste my time even trying to brew anything with them i mean maybe no, probably not right it's it's a weird time to print vampires um yeah because we all the ones from you know Innistrad everything just rota- are going to rotate out, yeah. so you're losing a lot of the good vampires that you could have synergized with in the first place. So it's it's kind of like a moot point. You're kind of starting over again with one set of vampires. Maybe maybe in the follow up set they'll have some more, and it'll you'll see the the the, the whole puzzle. Sure, you know. And I think they just needed another cast of the character in a way. They needed something to fill a void there. That yeah. Maybe they just in R and D they couldn't think of something. Yeah. You know. Um, one thing I do want to mention while we're still on black and kind of talking about the pirate thing, uh, two cards in particular. First is Sword Point Dipl- Diplomacy. Oh, good. I'm glad you brought this card up. I love this card. And that's one of the reasons I want to do the blue-black pirate thing. So it's one black, two generic. It's a sorcery. Reveal the top three cards of your library. For each of those cards, put that card into your hand unless any opponent pays three life, then exile the rest. So here's the thing. Yeah. You like this card? you think it's good? You'd play I do. It? I think it's good because... Because of the deck I want to build and because of what okay. standard I think will be, that life could be very costly, especially played mid to late game. It could be pushing them down the road they don't want to go down, playing a different game than they want to play. <laughs> the recurring strategy of every deck that you've ever <laughs> built? <laughs> Pretty much, right? I mean, I might be changing formats here, but I'm not changing my you know, strategy. <laughs> so here, here's the thing. I'm, to me... And this is just my takeaway from it. On the surface, it looks like a really good card. Okay. But I feel like any kind of card where you put the agency of control on your opponent, it's going to fuck you and you're not going to get what you want out of the deal because you're going to reveal those th- three cards. Yeah. 
and they're going to eat the life to get rid of the good ones and give you the shitty ones. Give you the land. Yeah. Is, is probably what it'll Exactly. Okay. So, I mean, and, and we've seen this in, you know, us playing. Like, for example, like, you know, when I had my Vexing Devils in my um, deck, every time you ate the life, right? Oh, that's right. Of course. The Vexing Devil. Every time. Every time you ate every the life. Time. That's and, true. And I feel like with this one, unless you're down to three life or it's going to kill you, you might as well eat the life. To get rid of a good card. Very good point. And I think I might be looking at it more of as not a play set in a deck, but maybe two or three, depending on the meta, and played mid to late game, where the card advantage is it's basically like a, a catch twenty two for your opponent. Sure. Playing it in the style that I would like to, meaning that if they if they take the life, maybe you'll just beat them with this you know, the pirates coming turning sideways. Or they're giving you this late game card advantage that's just crucial. I mean, this could turn into like a draw three cards late game. Yeah, you know? no, I I think you're totally right there, and which I, is cool. I I get the uh, the damned if you do, damned if you don't situation that yeah. you want to put them in. I I think that's ideal and where you want to be. Sure, but early game, you're right, Nick. No way. I mean, you play this if you play this on turn three, it's just not a good move. It no, just, it's it wouldn't a, it's make a bonehead sense. move. I, you, you that's not going to get you anywhere on the board. Turn no, three, you, you got to play a creature. Turn three. Oh yeah. Um. So two more in black here, and then I'm going to pass it to you to talk about some other strategies and ideas but of course they had to do walk the plank right they had to make something you know pirate-esque you know i just love the artwork it's a little cartoony but it makes a ton of sense two black it's a sorcery destroy target non-merfolk creature wish it was an instant adds a little bit more wood behind the arrow again and giving black a lot of options now with removal because fatal push is still in the meta so it'll be you know four fatal pushes maybe two or three walk the plank or even some in the sideboard because merfolk will be a contender so it'll have to be decided and figured out ahead of time um, the other one that I want to mention while we're on this is Vraska's Contempt, more removal. There's just such a robust removal package within this black-blue idea that I'm going towards that I'm just, I'm excited. So this one's a little rich for my blood, but it is instant speed. It's two black, two generic, exile target creature or planeswalker, you gain two life. So when Jace hits the table... He's <laughs> gone. He's gone. Yeah. He's gone in the, the critical moment when you need him to be gone He's type gone. thing. Yep. And you can even run Jace yourself in this blue-black pirate idea that I'm... If you really sl- wanted to, yeah. Are, are, are you thinking about that? I'm thinking about it as a sideboard move. I don't think it'll fit in the main. And as we go over blue, I figure we'll wait to do blue together because, I mean, your okay. ideas will probably kind of figure it out overall. While we're just scrolling up here, I mean, there's a ton that I'm skipping over, but I feel like they're just they're just kind of crappy. Yeah, so let's crappy. Scroll cards. back up to the top a little bit, Seth. Let's yeah. let's go through this. Um, actually, scroll down. No, that guy's pretty good. The uh, kite sail freebooter. I kind of like that one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. This one's not that bad. Yeah, this one's pretty good. You want to do this? It's one kind now? of like yeah. It's kind of like a mild sort of Inquisition type type effect. Mm-hmm. So it's a one black, one generic, one two with flying. When kite sail freebooter enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals his or her hand. Choose a non-creature, non-land card from it. Exile that card until kite sail freebooter leaves the battlefield. Pretty cool. I, I think that yeah. could be useful um, against a lot of decks because mm-hmm. it does seem to be a enchantment heavy, instant heavy, sorcery heavy kind of um, card base to me. Sure. Like, I noticed gonna, a lot even I, in the I, creature decks, they're going to be I, there. I, I felt like there point. were a lot more enchantments here than I've seen sure. in a while. Um, sorry, oh, sorry, a little blink. Yeah. Um, yep, and uh, duress was. There you know, another Look another that, surprising print. That artwork too. I love that. Just stranded at sea. Solitude oh, yeah. and starvation are brutal punishments, but even worse is all that time to think. <laughs> That's <My God>. awesome. <laughs> what a cool printing. I mean, I love this card. Everybody does. And like you said, being a heavy non-creature meta yeah and and you know what else? I mean, since we're talking about your pirates, then we gotta talk March of the Drowned because that's a great oh, yeah. um great card to supplement the deck. And conditional. It'll definitely be featured. Yeah, awesome I mean artwork too. In a pirate deck, it's gonna it's gonna yeah. come, you know. Yeah. 
It is for sure. So it's basically one black mana. Um, you return a target creature to your graveyard to your hand, or you can return two target pirates cards from your graveyard to your hand. So in a pirate deck, it gives you a little bit more bang for your buck. Returning two creatures for one black mana is a pretty fucking good deal. It's huge, especially if it's that dead eye tracker or something low mana, or yep. even the kite sail freebooter, something that'll give you more options there's just there's that's what i'm thinking i'm really liking about it is a lot of options just like that grim's captain's call or grim captain's call it's sort of like the same thing it gives you more options and here's another perfect example of a cheaper costing pirate that just will fit the deck like a glove fathom fleet captain one black one generic two one with menace whenever it attacks if you control another non-token pirate you may pay two if you do create a two two pirate creature token there you menace. go nice little going a little bit wider every yeah, turn going a little bit wider that's the idea with a pl- you know plenty of removal to make all that work that that one's cool. kind of an iffy one to me because well yeah so the whole thing about the, the pirate deck is it kind sure. of flips the play style right because normally um, you're playing creatures and attacking and then playing spell. And, yes. you know, a yeah. lot of times you don't really use your second main phase. Oh, sure. But with the pirate deck, it specifically is saying you have to attack mm-hmm. and then play your creatures if you want to get the benefit of this raid ability. That's right. So it's completely almost like backwards play style. And I'm not, that's still the one thing. And I don't, I don't know what your take is on this because you've been thinking about playing pirates, but it almost in a way makes the deck a little bit more predictable, right? It does. That's pro, it gets a very good read. And I think that's the major downfall of the deck. I think the only thing that'll really help it along is having the card selection ability that blue will bring in. And something like my next pick on the screen is Argyle's Bloodfast, which is the legendary enchantment for black. Very cool cycle of abilities that we'll go through with this. So it's a black, a generic legendary enchantment, a generic, a black pay to life draw card, which is just awesome yeah, giving you great, great right card there. advantage that two life is going to be totally worth it it's not like the other card we just mentioned giving your opponents the agency of control you're in control if you want that card you get that card the beginning of your upkeep if you have five life or less you may transform it and it transforms and this is the other cool thing about these transform cycle which we're going to get into here they all transform into lands and the other land the other side looks amazing amazing it's very cool artwork too temple of el colts i think it's how you say it. oh right? yeah Elkazats. Elkazats. That's it, yeah. Temple of Elkazats. So tap to add a black uh, to your mana pool. Tap, sacrifice a creature. You gain life equal to the sacrifice creature's toughness, which is great. I mean, you're going to be losing some life in this deck. You're paying life as it goes along. You're going to have a bunch of pirates. I mean, at the end, you can just sack a couple of them if you're really down on life. It becomes a race. Yeah. Playing run up red. Gives you a bit of an option. $2.99. I like this card a lot. I actually like the enchantment side better than the flipped land side. But it's still really cool. I could see it. I don't know if I'd, I'd be rocking well, a playset. The, the nice thing is is it's a, a you may transform. So it's situational. You don't have to transform it. Yeah, and you just keep it only if you need it. Yeah. yeah. You just keep it. And if you have five life or less, you're going to probably want to flip yeah, it. You know? and, yeah. I mean, who's, who's not lying there? But yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a good card. Uh, there's there's something I was going to say, though. Like the, the only thing is, I guess, the fear of not being able to use it flipping it and then not being able to sacrifice creatures or putting your sacrifice creatures and putting yourself in a situation where you, you gain sure. life but your card advantage your board advantage whatever you want to call it is decreased so that's something obviously you have to balance and it's a a learned thing oh yeah it's a lear- exactly and that would be you know kind of curve of the deck and figuring things out as you go um this is going to be my final pick for pirates and this one is actually one of the things that Drew me to this right away. Costly plunder. Yeah. Now, the key here is people probably are looking at this card thinking it's cool. It's instant speed, which is huge. You don't have a lot of instant draw card abilities in standard. 
It's a black, a generic. It has an additional cost. You have to sacrifice an artifact or a creature. But in this deck, at least in the pirate build I'm going to be rocking, there's going to be a lot of those treasure artifact right. tokens, which are just one mana. So it's not going to matter. It's either I'm going to need the mana to pump something into play, or I'm going to use it to sack or even sack a useless pirate once yeah. things keep going, and you get to draw two cards. So sort of like sign and blood or whatever that other card was. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, Seth, um, you said you're going to go blue black, and if you're going to rock all these treasure tokens, are you are you considering maybe throwing a one or two of, of some off-color creatures that would supplement the deck, like maybe one of some of the red pirates? It occurred to me. Because, yeah. I mean, you could you could probably do it pretty consistently, pretty easy. I would you, think so. You have a lot of mana fixing in the deck, it seems like. It's, yeah, once things kind of shape up, that's going to have to be in playtest. But that is what I'm leaning towards, without a doubt. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this deck honestly became like a three or four color deck considering oh, yeah. the, the treasure. And I'm, I'm sure people will come up with a way to generate a I, huge amount of treasure tokens pretty quickly. Yes. I think that'll be kind of the combo deck element of it. You know me, I'm a mid range guy yeah. at the end of the day. I like mid range and I like playing a bit of control. So that'll probably be the way I'm focused towards it. The, the better builders out there, the better brewers will probably go that direction. It'll probably go Grixis. It'll probably be either a little more aggro or a little more combo based depending on how things go. Sure. Once we get to blue, we'll talk about other strategies and stuff. So this that's my gut. I want to go blue-black pirates. So I'm going to pass the mic to you, Nick. What is your initial inclination of building Ixalan Standard come two, two weeks from now or whatever it's going to be? I personally really want to build blue-green uh, merfolk. That's that's where I'm sitting. That's where I feel good. Cool. Um, so, yeah, if you want to flip to green, we can start going through it. Um, you got it. So some cards that instantly drew me in, well, obviously the commune with dinosaurs, um, we need to talk that right that we away. just have to talk about because yes. it's such a ridiculously good, deceptively good card to maybe somebody who is mm-hmm. newer to the game and not familiar with like the deeper mechanics of it. Yeah. So it's one green and it's a sorcery. So look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a dinosaur or a land card from among them and put that into your hand. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in any order. So even if you're not playing dinosaurs, it's still good because you're fixing your your mind. You're getting extra land in your hand. Yes. You can be a little bit riskier with. Um, you know, your opening hands, you don't have to mulligan as much. So if you get some really good cards and you get like a commune with dinosaurs or something like that, you can say, oh, Hey, yeah. maybe I'll keep this hand mm-hmm. and you know, draw into the one mana that I need. Because you got a pretty yeah. good chance drawing the top five cards of drawing a mana. It's in there. like ancient stirrings from Red Green Tron and yeah. Modern. It just gives you a five card deep brainstorm like effect that allows you to even if you're not playing dinosaurs, you're playing blue green merfolk, for instance, like you're talking about, could easily see maybe two or three of them in there just to help things along. You know, there's and I want to do say green Green looks great in this set. There's a lot it, of good green does. cards. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, I'm assuming I'm going to let you keep the lead here, but I know there's a few that you'll yeah. definitely so, want to talk. So <laughs> we can just talk about the uh, up, scroll up a little bit. The uh, the deep the deep root champion. So that's like a nice early game drop. You cast a ground creature spell, put a one one counter on deep root champion. There's going to be mm. you know some ops in the deck. There's going to be some counters. Um, so sure. you're going to be playing lots of instant and sorcery city spells and you know even considering the the, the dinosaur spell the community with dinosaur spells so you're going to give me all these options you're gonna, oh. there's going to be a lot of cheap efficient spells at least in my brew that's that's what I'm thinking sure I mean I think you're going to have a lot of synergy too it'll yeah. be similar to the pirate thing where things are just going to kind of work as a well-oiled machine you're yep. going to have standard turn two two and three plays this is going to have a combo with the blue card we'll be talking about soon which yep. is pretty cool yep so if you want to go um, I don't think the next one is very good uh, the deep root warrior and all that one's not that good yeah it's it's alright but um, a lot of mix of dinosaur stuff so here too. the growing rights of oh we gotta talk this it's Lamac <laughs> we have to talk this card I, this, this is, is this, I'm, I'm gonna say this right now this card I mean it it can almost work it it you 
if you can get green in there to play this card, you should you should because it'll help any deck. going to be going for it. I think this is a card that'll shoot up to forty dollars. or yeah. so. I mean, yeah. it's just it's great for the enchantment ability. It's even better for the flip. Yep. It's just so awesome. it's a it's a legendary enchantment, and we and there's the battlefield. Look at the top four cards of the library. You may reveal a creature card among them and put it in your hand. So you're getting you know this free scry creature grabbing ability, which is really nice. I love um, it. I love it. Yeah. Especially in decks that are low to the ground, you're getting stuff that you can play mm-hmm. and. You know, most of the the cards in the Merfolk um, set and Merfolk type creatures are mm-hmm. very low to the ground. I don't think anything more than four at the for the big guys. No. Um, no. But regardless, so moving on with this card. So if you have uh, at being on top, if you control four or more creatures, you get to transform the enchantment, and it turns into a land like the other ones do. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a Gia's Cradle. It's called Itlamic Cradle of the Sun. You can tap it to add a green mana to your mana pool, or you can tap it and add a green mana to your mana pool for each creature that you control. Oh, it's so, awesome. <laughs> I mean, that, and I'll just go right out there. Be prepared to see it in Dinosaurs, too. Oh, Because yeah. that's... This is going to be the hallmark of Dinosaurs. That is how they're getting these big guys out fast, and oh, yeah. you have to be ready for that. So... That's right. To me, even though it's a, a three, and you almost kind of want to get it out as early as you can, I, I don't think that's the best way to play it, personally. Sure. I think you'd want to play a good three-drop creature or get something on the board, because mm-hmm. three, the third turn is a big turn. Big turn, and as you know, we I think we've mentioned before. We, I, at least that's de- how yeah. I feel, especially in a Dino deck. Like we'll get there. That'll probably be the next deck we talk about in this little rant. But the it's going to be fast. There's a lot of ramping there and a lot of big nasty creatures and something like this, a, a functional reprint of Gia's Cradle, is awesome. And I do want to mention, like I like that it seems like a theme in this set where they're taking some chances on the power level, giving you some conditionals, but reprinting some yep. major mechanics from sets past. We haven't seen this card. Gia's Cradle was there's a Saga '98. You know, this is essentially the same card. Yeah, and you no, know, this I actually like it. Um, it's it's fair because it doesn't flip right away. You know, no, so it gives yeah. your opponent time to respond to it and deal with it, yes. and make a plan. I mean, obviously, the later you play it in the in the game, the more likely it's going to flip that turn at the end that's of that true. turn and oh yeah and this one is not a you may either this one means it just it's transformed yeah well why wouldn't you i mean it's, exactly. it's essentially a dead enchantment if you don't flip it you're right yeah it um is. it definitely becomes but one yeah that's these. that's definitely you know a four of in the deck and to, to get things going at 20 bucks right now i can definitely see that being on the rise that's one that is just great it's not going anywhere you know so um the jade guardian too so that's he's a little expensive he's a he's four convert amount of cost for a two two with hex proof um, but he's got a neat ability where he can put a 1-1 one, one counter on a target merfolk that you control. Sure. It may not seem like much, but um, throughout the the deck, the build that I'm running, there's another merfolk in blue that um, creates, when creatures get counters on them, they become unblockable. Yeah, your merfolk are unblockable with so, counters on So them. that's the idea. And then there's other merfolk, I believe, that can bounce them back to your hand, so you can bounce them and then play them again. Oh, yeah. And, and with with the, um, I'm just going to call it the, fa- the new Gia's Cradle, because it's easier to say. It is, yeah. uh, With the new Gia's Cradle, yep. you, you're getting a lot of mana generation, so you're able to play him again probably almost immediately. Yeah, if, if you play your cards right, you yeah, know, if definitely. You're, if, if you're in a good position. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's about it. And then, you know, oh, Kaminka Speaker, that's a great one drop. Gets 1-1 one, one as long as you control another merfolk. 1-1 one, one for one green, turns into a 2-2, two, two, turn two. Or an island, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. And it's it gets that counter, so it's going to be unblockable. Yep. It's going to be really hard to stop the merfolk turning them sideways. It's going to have a clock, I think, maybe not quite Romnop Red, but it's going to be close. It's going to yeah. be fast. And obviously the the problem with the deck is, is that it... Um, they're small creatures, and it, they're susceptible to board wipes and oh, all yeah. that kind of shit. 
What do you think of this one? This one I'm thinking is kind of along the lines of looks good on paper, but I can't imagine it being super great in practice. I was going to ask you that. So I think maybe if you play play one, yeah, that one extra mana is not going to hurt you if you let them get that one extra land. That are in a major dino ramp strategy. And what we're talking about, everybody out there, is old growth dryads. This was an early spoiler, one of the first ones along with Jace. So one green, it's a 3-3, three, three, which is crazy for one green mana. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent may search his or her library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield, tapped, and then shuffle his or her library. Most of the time, giving your opponent resources is not a good way to go. But yeah. in a 3-3 three, three in a deck with a heavy clock, like a red-green dino deck or a Naya dino deck, I, it just makes sense. I could so, see it there. So but, you're, you're basically turning their turn, turn two into a, their turn three. You are. And it can be dangerous, especially in the mirror. I think this is a mirror decider, and it's something that will be pulled out immediately in the, to the sideboard if you're playing mirrored Naya Dinos or something. Yeah. Be like, get this out of here. I can't, yeah. I can't be playing this. You know, it's, it's too much. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a risky, um, risky gamble. I, I don't think I would personally run it, but sure. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Who knows, right? It's it's kind of a tough call, and it, it and we're speculating wildly, as everybody knows. We got to be kind of careful as to the predictions we're making. But at the end of the day, you can tell when something's going to come together, and not. Yep. Um, really quick, let, yeah. moving back to the uh, Merfolk here. So we got oh, yeah. R- River River Herald's Boon. Sure. Yep. Um, again, it, and it's just the synergy thing with with the creature to make them unblockable, also making them a little bit bigger. Uh, yeah. Um, so you put plus. One plus one on a target creature, and then if it's a merfolk, you could put a plus one plus one on another so merfolk. you're getting in two more counters. Two counters for two converted mana. Pushing into this campy blocked scheme that we'll be getting to with blue in a minute here. Yep. It's just great. And it, it just makes sense in the deck. Maybe a two or three of, depending on the yep. exact build. And then you got to remember the other guy that I mentioned before yeah. who um, gets bigger when you play spells. You're ramping him up. Sure. So you're getting this... And, and I guess maybe that's just my play styles. I like I like get, putting counters on things. I feel like I'm doing something. Sure. Uh, if you want to scroll back up for a second, Seth, that Shaper oh, Sanctuary, we yeah. have to talk about this. We definitely do. This card's awesome. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, here you go. Four of any green deck. Yeah. Four in any green deck. Dinos, Merfolk, whatever it's going to be. This just directly affects their fatal pushes, their walk the planks, all that stuff. So essentially, it's one green, which is just incredible, an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. Spell or ability, that's the key there, and yep. it's just huge. Man. So it's it's pretty good. Um, again, you know, it's, it's, always kind of, it's always kind of scary when the opponent gets to decide whether or not the effect happens. But mm-hmm. the plus side is if they're not, they don't want you to draw that card, they're not playing spells and targeting your st- your shit. So that's a good point. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a fair trade off. Yeah. I and yeah, Waker of the Wild. Yeah. The, that guy's, uh, he's, I think he'd be the game, <laughs> one of the game winners. Sure. Um, especially with, you know, the, um, the new Gia's Cradle ramping all that mana. So he's, oh, yeah. Four converted mana, two green, two generic, three, three. Um, and he's got an activated ability that doesn't cause it to tap, by the way. I know. Two green, <laughs> X, put X plus one, plus one counters on target land you control. That land becomes a zero, zero elemental creature with haste. It's still a land. So it gets, it's a zero, zero, and then you put the counters on it. Sure. Um, the counters stay on and it. And the counters stay. So when you turn that zero, zero creature back into, a, again, next turn, it's just bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep. And it's just, especially with the new Gia's Cradle you, printing, like you, we talked about. Yeah, so you're going to have, ideally, an overflow of mana by the time you play this thing. Yeah. This is the end game here. You're ramping yeah. into win. You're turning your land into a big creature. Yeah. And just turning shit sideways. Sure. And also making it hard to interact with. They're probably going to be tapped out. The fatal push won't work. The, you know. Well, no, it will. It, it will be. Well, actually, I don't know. Does fatal push work with a card that doesn't have a converted mana cost no it doesn't no? it's a land card no. but no it becomes an elemental creature zero. it oh, becomes an true. elemental creature with haste 
but it's still since land. it's i think it's the same thing as um ancestral recall sure. where if it, it's converted amount of cost is technically nothing it no it doesn't used. exist so i don't think you can target because it. it doesn't have a converted, converted right amount of cost. exactly it's not, technically not zero it's nothing i think that's so the way it that works. would probably be the ruling but you can correct us if we're wrong people out there will we'll know more and then um, another one, the Divine Shaper Mystic, another another merfolk that does the same thing. When it enters the battlefield, put plus one, plus yes. one counter on up to two merfolk creatures you control. Yeah. One, three for three. Not the greatest on its own, but it's just there to make everything else a little bit bigger, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And again, it's um, there's a blue creature I was talking about where you can flash things back, bounce bounce it back to your hand, play it again, yeah. thereby adding more counters to things. So just trying to get, great. get the synergy going. Oh, yeah, lots of counters coming across. I think, I mean, green really makes this merfolk thing viable. Blue is almost, I mean, obviously the blue is totally necessary, but at least for merfolk, green really puts it where you want to see it. Was there anything else green that you wanted to talk about while we're here, sir? There's a lot of dinos, but I want to wait. Okay. Because the dinosaurs are are a big deal. I mean, obviously we mentioned the commune with dinosaurs before everybody, but that was because it could fit. It's good with everything. It's good with anything green. I think we should hop the blue. blue I'm blue ready. Blue is going to affect both of what we're excited about. We're both excited for blue. Very excited for blue. So right off the bat, I got to mention cancel. Okay, so there's also now Ether Revolt is still in the cycle now. So there's a, a, there's still viable blue cards that were printed throughout there, like Baral and um, the the three mana counter spell. I can't think of the name of it, but also counters the triggered ability dissipate. I believe um, it is. Dispatch? Di- yeah, that might no, be No, no, not Dispatch. I think it's um, Dissipate. I'll have to look it up you, real quick. You might be right. I can't remember. So Cancel gives you more options. It's a three-mana counterspell. Everybody hates a three-mana counterspell. But when it's countering Jace or that big dino on turn three and they're, they're not seeing it coming, I think that's the little advantage that Blue's going to have if it somehow makes it through the meta unscathed, which who knows? It's been a long road for Blue and Blue players yeah. in general. It's going to be a tough call. It's tough because you, you lose that turn, right? Yeah. Like that, if you have to counter something in third turn, you have to keep all your... Your mana open, yeah. Um, but Would, ma- but yeah. maybe not. Maybe maybe in the pirate deck, maybe it's viable because maybe yeah. you can generate the tokens early enough to give you a couple extra mana. Sure, some treasure tokens. Yep. Drop them. Tap two of your mana. Ditch two of the tokens. Still counter it, making them not think about it as much. And especially exactly. something that should be said from a strategy point of view is when the meta shifts this hard, the first few weeks of it when you're playing, people are not going to be used to treasure tokens right away. Right. It's going to take them a little while to remember. Hence, giving you maybe that little edge with something like cancel. Obviously, it's not a stellar card. Let's be honest here, but it does make sense, and it I could just see it. I don't think you would run it in Merfolk, would you, Nick? I considered it. I'd probably rel- rel- run the uh, spell snare instead. Mm, yeah, spell snare is just great. We're, we'll get there as well. Just absolutely incredible. Um, what do you think of chart a course? This one is something that I was considering in blue black pirates. I mean, there's a lot of card draw already, but pretty neat regardless. Um, it it's all right. It's 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 it is what it is. You know, it's it's nothing too crazy. It's useful. Yeah, gives you the extra card. If it was draw three, we'd be talking about some serious yeah. punch here. Obviously, that's not the case. I would. I think I would. If if I had to choose instead, I would. Go with the uh, the daring saboteur over that. Oh yeah, more reliable. Sure. I mean, they're both kind of filling the same same slot as two mana. Yeah, and this one is more, way more consistent. Yeah, it's more consistent. You draw a card, discard a card. See, this is one right off the bat that I probably wouldn't include for really? me because I think the black cards do it better and quicker. That's just me. I'm using blue more as an adjunct. It's mainly a black deck, at least in the build. And I, you know, we will talk about it more. Not even not even for the fact that he can't be blocked. You you, you don't 
You don't care for that ability? I like the ability. It's just that three mana is going to be crucial to give him that ability that he can't be blocked this turn. And I wish it was a little less. It's just a little rich for my blood. Who knows? It'll be a play test kind of thing. At 99 yeah. cents a piece, I'll pick him up. Why yeah, not? why not, right? Four bucks for the play set. Not a big deal. I feel obligated to talk about this Stets enchantment run, um, which is pretty cool. What do you think of this one? Is this one that you think is kind of, it's cool, but not as cool as you think it is? It's one of those cards I, that you have to build a deck around to make it useful. I think it's, yeah, it's it. And we're talking arcane adaption, by the way. Um, I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to read it. No. Just fucking look it up. Yeah. Um, it it's cool, but not that cool. No, it, it, like I said, it's a deck that you'd have to focus around to really make it work and get those energy going. And I, and I don't know if the cards in the standard meta exist to really make it do what that, anybody yeah, would want it to do. That might be hinged on a, a new printing in the next set or something right. that'll really make this one work. And, and you don't know at the same time until we really take a look at it. This is another cool enchantment. Oh, that's going in the Merfolk deck right there. <laughs> Fucking A, right. It's great. Whenever you cast a Merfolk spell, create a 1-1 one, one blue Merfolk creature token with Hexproof. That's incredible. The Hexproof <laughs> is nice. I mean, it's three converted mana, but I yeah. mean... This this card in particular, when I saw this with this beautiful artwork and this incredible ability, it made me realize why they printed the white demystify one white instant speed yeah. destroy target yeah. enchantment. I, I didn't Things. want to go there yet. But, okay, um, I'm sorry. This we, one no, let, let's let's switch gears and talk demystify because it is it's incredible. It's such a good card, and yeah. it's what fragmentize should be. So demystify yeah. is one white mana destroy yeah. target artifact or enchantment. No, it's just it's just enchantment. I oh, is, is yeah, it? It's just enchantment. Are you but sure? I, I'm pretty sure it's instant speed. Yeah. Hold on a second. Where are you, Demystify? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Instant speed, destroy target enchantment. One white. It's perfect, though. It if, is. If that was destroy target artifact or enchantment, I would be, my white heart <laughs> would be loving this because it would just go in every white deck. Oh, yeah. This, though, in this meta is just as good as that because the amount of enchantments they printed here are staggering and they're just, it's incredible. It's really, it's a strong card. And, and you're going to need that playing white because we'll get there. White kind of got a little underpowered here. It's a kind of adjunct splash color kind of scenario. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it, too. But these great enchantments, like you can just destroy those powerful enchantments like the Gia's Cradle one that we kept talking about. You can destroy that in, in its enchantment before, form before they flip it and right. get all this mana and ramp into something you can't control. You know, it just gives you a, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of chances. Yep. That's kind of weird. More more enchantment-y things. Um, I'll keep going down here, Nick. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. So this one, we got to talk right away. Yep. The Herald of Secret Screams, one blue, three generic, four converted mana costs, two, three. Creatures you control, plus one, plus one counters out of them can't be blocked. So that's for if for the Merfolk deck that I'm brewing right now, that's the star of the show, along pure, with all the counter guys. Pure synergy, yeah, pure um, synergy, and it's not legendary. You can have multiple in play. It's just it's awesome. Yep, and you know if you want to go, down, what's what's the next card after Jace? I don't really care about Jace. We've talked about Jace last time. If you want to talk yep. about Jace. Listen to the last pod. Yeah, the, in the next couple of weeks when the meta does shift, we will talk about the J stack that will, will inevitably be put forward. Yep. It'll be a big combo deck based around it. We know it's there. That's probably the only kind of top tier deck we're going to not talk about today. So going forward, if you're waiting for that, it won't be in this episode. Yeah. Um, but we have to talk Kapula, Warden of Waves, legendary oh, yeah. creature, two blue, one generic. Also another merfolk that makes the deck come together and work. Makes it um, two, two spells your opponents cast to target merfolk you control costs two generic more to cast abilities. Your opponents activate the target merfolk you control costs two more generic to activate, you know, makes it, makes makes it expensive, <laughs> makes it a lot really expensive yeah. to, um, you know, get them off the board. And uh, Seth, I know this, I know we were going to talk modern, but since we're talking about it now, do you think it would be viable to make a taxes merfolk type deck with incorporating more merfolk creatures with like the Thalia 
and stuff like that. Fuck yeah. And just <laughs> oh, yeah. really tax the shit out of somebody. Really tax the shit out of them. I mean, that play style's kind of been around. Merfolk is still obviously a thing in modern. It's not where it was five no. years ago, obviously. I mean, in, coming forward, they're printing Ether Vile Gun with Iconic Master, so it's going to drive down the cost of that deck. And I could see making a blue-white taxes deck with Merfolk in it, and Thalia too, where you could just kind of, and it would give you a robust sideboard to give you a lot of options that aren't there right now, at least in the in the single color variety. This one is one I've been waiting for, and the, one that'll oh yeah, that's, go right in the pirate deck. That's the perfect <laughs> card for the pirate deck. Nowhere else, I don't think it's worth it. But no, no, I don't think so either. It's great. So it, it basically it turns it into a mono leak. So yep. lookouts disperse. One blue, two generic, instant. Lookout's dispersal costs one less to cast if you control a pirate. Counter target spell unless its controller pays four. This is where this will go in over cancel because yes. it's going to cost one less probably every time. And it's just going to make. And four is hefty, man. Four yeah. is fucking hefty. Four is hefty, sure. Four, four makes it pretty much it's countered unless yeah. you're playing a ramp deck that makes it harder to you know take a look I at mean, or figure out. The, the only other option is if. You're, you're putting them in a situation where they're playing a pirate deck in the mirror yeah. and they have the tokens to sack to get the mm-hmm. the mana. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know. That's that's neither here nor there. You have to play test and see if it's worth it. Yes. Because that might be something you have to swap out sure. for the cancel and the hard counter that they can't um, sure. you know, pay the cost for. Oh, yeah, without it's, a doubt. Now, let me ask you this. When you saw Opt, did you get a little excited? <laughs> I did. I okay. did. Um, I, I love Opt. The only, you know, obviously, I just wish it was. Um, I, I kind of wish it was reversed. Draw a card, describe one, so you could at least. I don't know. Part yeah. of me, part of me. Set up. I mean, the cool thing yeah. is instant speed. It yeah. gives you that scrying ability, the cantripping ability that's been absent, largely absent from blue yes. for a while. This card hasn't been printed since Invasion. It was kind of weak in Invasion because back then you had all these options. Right. Nowadays, this is like a gold mine. This is like four of instantly. Oh, yeah. It's for, going in. For one blue, you might as well. And like I said, for, in my opinion, for the green deck, the, yeah. the Merfolk deck that I want to build, yeah. it's easy counters putting on creatures. You know, it's it's yeah, building stuff up. Creature, but, almost prowess-like ability. Yes, yeah, exactly. it's a, it's, it becomes a no-brainer. There's some heavy stuff here that I don't really want to talk about. One that I do want to talk about for sure is Perilous Voyage. Um, this I just love because of the, the conditional at the end. One <laughs> blue, one generic, return target, non-land permanent. You don't control to its owner's hand. If it's converted mana cost was two or less, scry two. So that's just, it just makes sense. It's delaying them a game. It's letting you scry. It's giving you those card options again. That's why I'm leaning towards this pirate blue-black theme where I'm just going to be cycling through my deck, you know, trying to figure out what I need to win. Now, granted, yeah. it's not going to work against every strategy. It's probably not going to be tier one, but that's okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know, because I, I have mixed opinions about that card. It seems like it would be cool, but, I mean, I I don't think it's worth the slot for the scry because okay. they can just play the card again. That's well, my opinion. That's true. On it, you know, sure. I, compared to you know a, a hard counter or something where you're going to put it in their graveyard. Good point. That's that's the better option. I mean, you already have the op for the scries. You don't need more scrying. I get what you're saying. Okay, I get what you're saying. That that totally makes sense. Um, and I could see that. And and you know that's that kind of goes to show like I need time to test as as anyone does. Yeah, you know, I, to really I, figure hey, it out. Anybody out there who's interested in this, go to tap. Go to, go on tapped out. People are brewing yeah. decks right now. I was mm-hmm. looking. I'm brewing decks right now. Oh yeah. You can play test. Um, it's great, and you really get some ideas and see what works and what doesn't because like we said there's a lot of cards on here that like on paper they seem like they're, they're gonna be fucking awesome and then it might not Practice, work out so well maybe not so much and that happens a lot i mean that's that's kind of oh can you scroll up real quick i just yep. want to talk another merfolk another star of the show river sneak one 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 blue one generic can't be blocked when it enters the battlefield um it gets plus one plus one until end of turn so nothing too crazy i don't know if that'll actually make the cut but i like the fact that it's a unblockable creature kind of going with the theme of the deck oh yeah 
Um, and get, getting the plus one plus one until end of turn is pretty nice too. Sure, it's gonna it's gonna be guaranteed damage. That's yep. what that's kind of it's what a I'm clock, seeing. you know. Yeah, it's a clock. I mean, and that's almost the same to be said about the Shaper's Apprentice too. See, that's one I did not care for. I mean, it just helps get them in the air. It helps, you know, kind of go over the top because, I mean, both of our strategies are going to be at a big disadvantage to dinosaurs, which we're going to talk about soon, which I have a feeling if that deck comes together the way I'm thinking, it's going to be tough to beat. It is going to be be a tier. It's going to be a tier one. It's also probably going to be more expensive than the other decks to build, which will probably push it further into that tier one variety. Um, there's a couple other pirates here that create treasures. They're kind of run of the mill, not even really worth talking about. But one, of course, this legendary enchantment cycle definitely needs to be talked about. So this one is just awesome. Search for Azganta. One blue, one generic legendary enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put it into your graveyard. Then if you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, you may, keyword may, transform Search for Azganta. So it's you know, it turns into Isganta, the Sunken Ruin. Legendary land, taps to add a blue. Two generic blue, tap it. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non-creature, non-land card from among them. Put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Again, the cycling theme for me. Yep. I mean, you're going to cycle into the opt. You're going to ditch the land on the bottom of the library. You're going to opt. You're going get, to get rid of that other land. Search for the pirate. Keep, you know, keep things going, you know. That's, no, and that's great. And that's, I think that's one of the things that will really help the, the, the pirate deck or the, any pirate deck or build mm. is the fact that you have these options you're, you're not constrained to the top of your, your deck you know you're not top deck because that's that's yep. a terrible situation to be in and it is. sometimes like depending on the deck you're playing that's that's what you're stuck with that's going to be kind of i think every deck's going to have some more card options they've made it as such in this case but some decks are going to have better yeah I mean, I mean i just just to kind of go on that and i know we didn't quite get there yet but even white has scrying which is very white, strange. White never has, as far as I, I know, has never had Good any point. sort of library interaction like that outside that I of like. Know of. No. Well, I mean, like, you know, you get Academy Rector and, you know, Sir, stuff search like that. stuff, Stoneforge, yeah, but not like a scry, though. Right. That's kind of right. new. That's huge. Yeah, That's that huge because new. white doesn't typically get like the dry described or drawing abilities no that's usually typically blue only and that's yep. what they've done a pretty good job in this case is is move a few things around um which is kind of cool one that i do want to mention because it's a no-brainer ad just because it's sweet siren pirate wizard oh my god <laughs> one blue one one flying one blue sacrifice siren storm tamer counter target speller ability that targets you or a creature you control giving you hard counter ability late game it's just a hard counter that's i mean that has to be in four of them any blue deck right it has to pretty much right i mean it only makes sense it it, again it helps hedge against the fatal push it helps hedge against anything that's and it's cool it's counter target spell or ability so that really gives you options there if it's you know you're going up against that big vraska planeswalker where it's trying to destroy your stuff you're it's just not going to happen and then of course, Spell Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Surprising because sh- they shocked just printed that they printed it. it. Yeah. Counter target non creature spell unless the controller pays two. One blue, easy, no brainer. And this is going to be used in weird circumstances in this meta, in my opinion. This could be used to counter spell an opt. As bad as that sounds, late game, that opt might mean a lot. I it could might, see it. You know, it's it's going to be weird. It's it's one of those cards, though, that's, you know, obviously really good beginning of the game, but as the game progresses, it gets worse, like any sort of. You know, paying or yeah. taxing. Now, let me ask you this: What would you put in your deck with this? Would it be a two of to start with two in the board, or would you go as high as three, um, or even just one in the? In I the would end? probably go two main. That's what I'm thinking too. Two main, two in the board, or one in the board, depending on the yep. meta. Same kind of thing will go for Spell Swindle, which happens to be right next to it. Yep. Pretty neat card, actually. And I could see it in my pirate build, but maybe not so much in your deck, just because it's kind of rich for five mana. It's it's a hefty drop. Um, I like that it's a hard counter, though. I'm loving these hard counters, even with a lot of mana. The only thing that, in my opinion, for the Merfolk deck that may give it the um, the 
the push is yeah. having the Gia's Cradle type land. That kind of makes stuff like this possible where the, the, sure. the five cost isn't so bad anymore. You sure, know? yeah, you can ramp into it. So, exactly. So the hard counter, it's five mana instant speed, counters target spell. Then it creates X colorless treasure artifact tokens where X is the spell's converted mana cost. They have tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. In case we didn't mention, that's what the treasures are going to be. That's kind of the mana generation for my blue-black build. It's going to be relied on some of these artifact tokens that are like that, giving you a lot of options. Now let us also back up and say that Kaladesh and Aether Revolt with all of their artifact triggers and things are going to be really affected by this kind yeah, of stuff yeah and yours and this is going to be an episode kind of all all together different that we'll do in a couple weeks when the meta really shifts right now this episode we're focusing on new archetypes that's pretty much the game i plan. think so yeah so these old archetypes that will be heavily affected by this like Re boros vehicles will have these artifact abilities mixed in now obviously this is a blue card but you could see other things changing as as time goes on and i should mention at this point since it's a good segue they printed more on color lands they printed like the root bound crag yep. cycle of lands which although it's not fetchable it doesn't matter in this format it's not considered a forest or plains or whatever it may be in that case right but it does give you the option it gives you mana fixing and especially with the Amonkhet lands that have the cycling so on color lands are you're good to go there's not a ton of great off color but kaladesh still has like the spire bluff canal printing where it's the opposite yep. same condition in a way yep hopefully the next set will uh balance it out a little bit i think they will i think it will there's enough there right now where you can still take some pretty Pretty hefty chances, I think, across the board. So I just want to talk about two more uh, Merfolk real quick. And these are the other ones that kind of round out the deck as potentials. Mm -hmm. um, the Storm Sculptor, which is four converted mana cost, one blue, three generic. Um, when it enters the battlefield, return a creature you control to your owner's hand. So that's the guy that can bounce back. You yeah. know, the, the cards that trigger when they come into play. Yeah. Ideally, you know, you have the Gia's Cradle type card yep. in play you have a lot of mana already generated and you can just bam play it again blow and get in, some blow out. Yep. Yep, get some extra tokens or extra cool. counters whatever you want to call it um if you want to go to one to the right there Seth. Oops, sorry yep uh the tempest caller for also four converted mana cost two blue two generic when it enters the battlefield tap all creatures target opponent controls so this one this is a maybe cool. it's cool because it's it's the, see it in the board even you it's, know it's, it's the a, game winner you know like yeah. you when you're ready to do lethal damage, that's when you play it. Sure. You know, when you think you got the game. Yeah, sure. And this is going to be especially useful tapping dinosaurs. Yes. Like the dinosaurs that have hexproof, the big guys that are just trouble to get around, that are yep. big blockers, that are, are big ramp strategies. It's going to help a lot. Yeah, and that's that's my take on it because obviously you don't really want to deal damage to the dinosaurs. That's going to put you in a, a bad fucking place because oh, yeah. of their enrage ability. Sure. So I think that's a nice way to get around it and maybe kind of hedge your bets against them. I could see that without a doubt. Um, one that I do want to mention before we hop off blue, which is one that just seemed like a, a no-brainer to put in the pirate deck. Um, it's a little rich. It's along the same lines as what you just said. One or two of in the main, but I like the search ability. So it's a blue, three generic, human pirate, two, two. Welcome aboard, mate. You're going to need this. <laughs> that's that's the flavor text. <laughs> when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an equipment or a vehicle card. Reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. Because that's another theme that we'll get to in a second that I, I we will go to before we go to the dinos, I think, is they printed some really cool equipment and vehicles again. I'm glad that both of those made it back into the fold. There's some flip artifacts yep. that are pretty neat, and it's it's just it makes a lot of sense. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say about Blue Nick before I... Uh, no, no, just picking, piggybacking off of your uh, your your vehicles yeah. um comment i and i may have mentioned this before but i don't know why i didn't think that they were gonna add more vehicles i for some reason like now that i'm like oh yeah pirate ships why didn't i think of that of course yeah but um i didn't either i didn't think it would be yeah it's, it's good to see i'm glad that they didn't just you know fall by the wayside for um kalash 
Yeah. Because it's just more options and more play styles and sure. more th- things to brew with. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm going to cherry pick a few of these. Sure. Um, yeah. Just because there's a lot to go through. A lot of them flip. A lot of them are pretty cool. They're all different kind of lands and stuff. Um, one that comes up right away is Dowsing Dagger. Oh, my God. This is something God, that yeah. you would use to search for in this case. The only drawback is it, when it enters the battlefield, it creates two zero two green plant creature tokens with Defender. Equip creature gets plus two, plus uh, one. Those, and those go to your opponent. Your opponent, yeah. yeah so, so your, your opponent, opponent gets two zero twos. Two blockers, which makes sense when you read the conditional. Whenever a quick creature deals combat damage to a player, you may transform Dowsing Dagger. Now, it comes in for two, equips for two, so it's reasonably priced. When it flips, it flips into Lost Veil, which is something we've seen before, yep. which is like Lotus Veil or something along those lines from uh, Weatherlight. So it's a land, not a legendary land either, just a land. Add three mana of any one color to your mana pool. So this is another ramp strategy, giving more mana for yeah. decks that don't have it, maybe. And you know what? I didn't think about this before, but that might actually be a, a good one in the Murpho deck with the unblockable creatures. You're almost yeah. guaranteed to get the damage through. I was just going to say You can kind that. of get away, get yeah. around that 0-2 You get around plant. the 0-2 plant. Huh, thing. I might have to put a couple of those in if, there. It, this card would be phenomenal if it didn't give your opponent the creatures. The only I, thing it I would be broken. Like. It, it would be, be so fucking broken. Be but I mean, even even with your pirate deck, you got ways around. You got flying and you, oh, know, yeah. you have removal. Yeah, I've got ways to get rid of it without a doubt. That it just makes sense. Um, so, and then obviously coming down, there's there's a lot of pirate ships here, a lot of other things to go through. Um, I'll start with treasure map. Treasure map obviously has to go in the pirate deck, even thematically as a one-off. <laughs> yeah, you, you <laughs> just because it's not, that right? cool. So it's for two mana and artifact one. Tap it, scry one. Put a landmark counter on treasure map. Then if there are three or more landmark counters on it, remove those counters, transform treasure map, and create three, count them, three colorless treasure artifact tokens. Now that right there means that there's going to be more than one in the deck because this just gives you a lot of ramp. It just makes sense. When it transforms, this I just love. (laughs) Treasure Cove. Land. Just land. Not legendary. Tap to add a generic or colorless to your mana pool. Tap, sacrifice a treasure, draw a card. That just... Makes it warms your fucking heart. War- warms it? my fucking heart. It's, it's like sitting by a fireplace on a Christmas Eve night, you know, with a cup of hot cocoa. It just warms your heart. It makes me miss Thraben Inspector less. It makes me miss the clue tokens less. This is a better version of the clue token thing with a pretty reasonable, I mean, three landmark counters. That's not that hard to get to with this. I mean, because you could be trying every turn. Turn five. Yeah. Turn six, maybe. And, you know, you can, I don't know. Yeah, you got you to gotta think because you're going to play a turn two and then you got to take it three more. Four more turns. Maybe you play it even later than that. We'll see. You know, that's that's kind of the it, thing. It that depends I'm, on the deck. I mean, because how? That's what I'm worried about with pirates is I don't have a great protocol right now of what the turn structure should look yeah. like. If you, if you yeah, no, I, I get it because it's a great card. But if you're never getting there to flip it, then it's pointless. does it make sense? Yeah, it doesn't make sense to put it in there. Um, so I only have two more to talk about, Nick, and then I'm going to pass it to you. Okay. Of course, I've got to mention Fell Flagship. I just really like the art. It's kind of brushy. It looks cool. Three mana, three, three. Pirates you control get one plus O, giving you an honor of the pure-like effect. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card, and it's got a crew of three. little hefty crew cost, I think. little hefty. And a little hefty mana cost. I would really like to see this at two casting, but I think they learned their lesson with Smuggler's Copter and Heart of Curon. Yeah, they definitely I did. I bet you in R&D and testing this was two, and they were like, no, we got to put it at it three. It's too good. Yeah, too good. Now, this is the type of thing where, again, looks good on paper. I probably would only put one or two in the deck. It would not be a mainstay. I, I personally wouldn't run it. Wouldn't run it at I all. I wouldn't run it at all. I don't Fair think. enough. I, I would run the Pirate's Cutlass over it. Okay. for three i mean if, if i had to choose if you had to choose between yeah. the two okay i could see that that makes sense um and then the only other one that i that no well, of course pirates cutlets make sense because it's easy to equip enters the battlefield attach it just yep. straight up attach so it. it's a free attach for um if you have pirates equip, equip creature gets plus two plus one 
Yeah. And for three three generic mana, it's the same converted mana cost. To me, that's just better. Sure. Um, now, because I will be exploring quite a bit, maybe the better choice for the vehicle in this deck, at least, because it is the right mana cost, would be Shadowed Caravel. Two generic artifact vehicle, it's a 2-2. Whenever a creature you control explores, play one plus one counter on yeah. Shadowed Caravel. Yeah. And it's only a crew of two. This one, that, that is the better. That's, that's the better option, I think, yes. personally. Now, this one I was going to save. This is my final talk on this page. I wanted to save this. Oh, no. That card's amazing, dude. Let's talk about it. Sorcerer's Spyglass. Oh, yeah. This card is going to have major effects in Modern and Legacy, just because it's that cool. So too generic. It's an artifact. As it enters the battlefield, look at an opponent's hand, then choose any card name. Activated abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're mana abilities. Great sideboard card for any deck in the meta. Really hedges against the J-Stacks, and it makes me wonder if the J-Stacks won't be top tier because of this card alone. Because it just you can get in there early on turn two, yeah. right before they can cast it if you're going first, if you're on the play. You drop it, you name it, they're fucked. Yep. Know? And the, the, so it's a cool, the cool, it's a cool card because um, you, know, you get to look at their hand, but the card doesn't have to be in their, their hand for you to name it. You can no. name anything. Do so you get the free yeah. the free knowledge? That's right. You and get then perfect you're like, information for, boom, whoops, for this generic card, mana. You can't use this motherfucking card for yeah. generic mana, yes. Yeah. And right. if anything, this card will be banned. I, I, would, I, I could see, see this it. getting banned, right. to be honest with you. I could see it, you. too. I mean, I'm going to, you know, my gut's like, you got to run three of them in Pirates. You know, yeah. It just seems like it makes sense. And it fits the theme so much. Arr, matey. <laughs> I, I mean, just love the theme, the thematic element of this. Three might be a little heavy main deck, but I would I would definitely run, I, I mean, maybe three, but sideboard it maybe depending on the deck you're playing where it might not matter. That's it. It's going to be a lot of play testing and figuring stuff out as far as that goes. Did you, you know? I, I can't remember the name of it. Um, I, I think it was, it was a card, it, it was a pirate card where, um, it was like an island where it forced your opponents to attack it every turn. Uh, oh, yeah. They had to attack with one creature. Uh, do, you mm-hmm. know what, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you Not know off the called? top of my head, but I know what you, what you are um, talking about. Well, yeah. regardless, I just wanted to mention it because it was, it was a cool card thematically of having like the pr- pirate treasure ca- haven. Yeah. And I think whenever they attacked it or something like that, uh, treasure tokens were generated. Yep, so you're getting like is, more yeah. treasure. And yep. they're attacking you. It was, was kind of cool. I skipped over that one accidentally. That was one I probably should have talked about, but it is great. I mean, there's a few other ones here, like the Schooner, that as a crew for one of three makes sense in a pirate deck, some things along those lines. But Nick, are there anything on this page that you'd like to talk no, about? No, dude, you hit, all the, you hit all the high points. Okay, yeah. I mean, and at least for you with with Merfolk, there's not a lot on here. It just made more sense for me to bring up some of this stuff with um, pirates. Yeah, yeah. I guess one more I should mention. I personally don't like this card that much just because it's it's costly. You're not going to get there. It has awesome artwork, though. Conquerors, Conqueror's Galleon. Four mana artifact vehicle. It's a two ten. It's a crew of four. That's that's hefty. Yeah. Whenever it attacks, exile it at end of combat, and then return it to the battlefield transformed under your control. It becomes this kind of cool conqueror's foothold land. I don't like it because it's hefty mana to do these abilities. So it taps to add a generic or colorless. Two tap it, draw a card, then discard a card. Four tap it, draw a card. Six return target card from your graveyard to your hand. It's only ninety nine cents for good reason because there's a lot of conditionals on this. I would like to see it. This card could be stellar if it was only two and two, two so crew, two generic to cast. I can but. see it working really well in some sort of green ramp deck. Yeah, I don't think it's really. It's strange because it's got such a heavy pirate theme to it, but I can't imagine it at least in the deck that I'm. No, I, I could see like a red green. Dino, I, working more in red green dino ramp than mm-hmm. in a pirate deck personally yeah, i agree um yeah that sums it up for the colorless stuff now what do you think nick we're gonna go into let's go to red because we'll i, I kind of want to i want to talk you into maybe considering making it grixis pirates because there's some good good ones oh yeah there definitely is there's some there's some really good ones actually um 
after obviously everybody's seen the Captain Lannery storm. Oh my god, which is yeah. just way cool and totally makes sense. Um, she's legendary. It's a she, I believe, right? It yeah. is, yeah. So haste two two. Whenever it attacks, create a colorless treasure artifact token, and whenever you sacrifice a treasure, it gets one plus zero until end of turn. That could be a win con in itself. Exactly. At the end of the game, just pump, 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 pump. Um, there's also cool things that are printed with options other than the dinos, which we're going to get to in a second, like demolish, destroy target artifact or land for for a red and three generic. I can see gruel land loss being an element in dinos or even in pirates where you've got you've got an option there because these lands, you got to realize this is a land heavy cycle and all it those is. artifacts transformed to these great lands. You got to have a way to get rid of them. Exactly. So destroying land becomes instantly viable, which makes me surprised on the low end of things that this card's only 15 cents. You'd think it would be a little bit more. But- well, it's because they, they have the... Uh- as we were going to get into, I'll spoil it. They had the generic land removal with that um, Return of the Ruins yeah, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where your money's going. You're not buying this red fucking variant unless you're playing red. It's, it's less sought <laughs> after. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And another thing I want to mention, too, that's kind of cool with red is it's got dinosaurs and pirates in the same color yeah, scheme. Yeah, that's cool. So it kind of makes sense. So you know, uh, cards like Hijack, Seth. Yeah. You know, I mean. I do like it. It, it fits into the pirate theme so well. You're stealing yeah. stuff, gain control, target artifact, your creature until end of turn, untap it, gains haste. I mean, obviously conditional. Definitely not like a tier one card because it it depends on what your opponent's playing. If you're playing a bunch of small creatures, it's probably not worth it. Sure. It makes it, yeah, it's conditional. It, it depends. And and you know what? Like looking at these things, I like it right off the bat. Lightning Strike, it's, it needs to be mentioned. It yeah. just, it's going to put Romnop Red over the top. Oh, yeah. It's, it's what, what it lost with the other card that's exiting. This makes up for yep, it in, absolutely. in total. Yeah, let's just say that right now. Romnop Red is not going anywhere. No, and it's probably going to be top tier. Yeah. It probably will be at least until the puzzle is solved. It will still be the deck to beat at the top yes. of the meta. I really, I do believe uh, that. Lightning Rick Crew is also very cool in a pirate deck. Goblin two, Pirate. I mean, I, I, that, to, me, to me, that reads as two damage a turn. Yeah, because you're playing a pirate spell, right? Yep. You, you got to. Yeah, like so that. that's two damage a turn. If you want to go one more to the right, um, makeshift musician, munitions... Great direct damage, and if you're, especially if you're generating those tokens with uh, the Captain. Captain Lannery Storm. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Nice synergy. The only thing there that kind of sucks is you have to pay one generic to activate it. Mm-hmm. be a little bit nicer if you just sacrifice the artifact to deal the damage. Yeah. That would Excuse be nice. Me. Yeah, if you didn't have to... Yeah, if you didn't have... But the th- cool thing with this, though, is with the treasures, you just tap it to add that mana, then sack it that simultaneously. That's true, yeah. You know? So you're paying the cost with it. So yeah. that's a good point, yeah. So it actually is free, technically, still. It totally makes sense. Without, especially well, no, because you have to sacrifice the treasure to, to do it, right? Oh, you're right. It wouldn't so it wouldn't work, that, yeah. No, it wouldn't. That would be super broken if it did. Yeah. Talking it out. Fuck. <laughs> no. Oh, well. But I do see what you're saying. There's a lot... There is a, a fair amount here that would make sense to at least splash it at least make it kind of worthwhile. This um, is pretty cool. Scroll up, Seth. I just want to ask, ask your opinion on this card. Um, one more. No, one more, sorry. Dual shot. One red deals one damage up to two target creatures, to each of one two target creatures. It's cool. Kind of an interesting one, and not, not super great, but I feel like getting rid of some early turn it could hurt, threats, yeah. it could really really change the tone of the game oh yeah it could it could definitely hurt more of a sideboard than a main board obviously yeah captivating crew i was going to mention before I'm oh not yeah that one's bo- cool it's cool i'm not even going to bother reading it it's got the gain control ability but it's just rich you know what i mean for that same amount of mana what i'm thinking of doing with blue black i'm just i'm not totally convinced captain lannery storm on the other hand makes it like 
I'm starting to see a bigger picture where if I did go Grixis Pirates, it would be more of a splash red with the blue black right, foothold. Right. Black, blue, then red. Because Captain Lannery would be a great addition, I think, just oh, getting those extra addition. tokens. And especially with, when we get to the multicolored stuff. That's right, yeah. We're not even there yet. And this is cool with Captain Lannery because she's only one red. She's not two red. She doesn't make it too rich for the blood. Right. You know, it just it kind of makes total sense there. Um, there is another one at the bottom here. Oh, let's talk. Uh, Ticanelli shapeshift skin shifter, dude. Oh, that car is sure. fucking wild. It is wild. <laughs> Almost like a splinter twin in a way. You know, that, that's what it's it going to have some broken mind. shit. Yeah. I could definitely see it happening. So I mean, it, and the fact that it has haste is really cool. Three mana, little rich, but it's cool. One red, two generic, all one. Whenever it attacks, it becomes a copy of another target non-legendary attacking creature until end of turn. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I could see that in the Dino decks. The big, big bad. Yeah, just, that's going to be some trouble. Just screwing you, you know. That's super rich. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Yeah. So Vance's blasting cannons because I feel like we're you know we're we're meant to talk about this legendary enchantment cycle. I like it. It's yeah, a cool no, it's new cool. thing. I really like the artwork on this of them blasting the coastline. Um, at the beginning of your up, so it costs four mana, one red, three generic. At the beginning of your upkeep, actually the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast that card this turn. It's letting you draw an extra card a turn, which is sweet. Yeah. And whenever you cast your third spell in a turn, you may keyword may transform. Advances blasting cannons. This is cool. So it, it turns into Spitfire Bastion, a legendary land. Tap to add a red, two, and a red. Tap it, sacrifice, or excuse me, Spitfire Bastion deals three damage to target creature or player. So that's it's repeatable. You don't have repeatable. to sack it. Repeatable. I mean, that's three to the face every turn late game. That's going in Ramnap Red. Oh, right I in Ramnap Red. Get, get, get ready for it. I was just going to say, this card fits Ramnap Red like a glove. Yeah. Making it almost akin to like a late 90s Sly build where it's just guaranteed damage, like a get yeah. to fire it's encampment. It's going to be nasty. Something along, yeah, something along those lines. I like it. Uh, Red, Red came to the table this time, too. You know, it did. There's a lot of cool, cool things here. We're avoiding the dinosaurs. We're going to get there. We're- oh, Trove of Temptation. That's the one. It's the red card right there. So yes. each opponent must attack you or a planeswalker can control with at least one creature each turn, each combat if able. At the beginning of your end stop, create a colorless treasure artifact token with sacrifice this artifact. So you get a, a token for free, but somebody has to attack you every turn. Can be good, kind of, can be kind of bad because, I mean, if you get that out... I can see it as both. If, if you can keep their, the side of their board down mm-hmm. to a state where you're controlling and you can predict what they're going to attack with and you have the answers for it. I mean, you can event, you can essentially whittle down their side, you and know, that's almost the idea in pirates, which makes me think that this would be valid, you know, because yeah. that's kind of what I want to do. I want to keep their side maintained and manicured while I'm building. Cause think about, it, you'll have walk the plank. You're going to have your fatal pushes. That's right. So you're going to have your removal. You're keeping their side thin, thin, thin and, enough. And then you're getting free shit from this trove of temptation. Mm-hmm. And even if you can't get rid of the creature, you're forcing them to attack with it. That's right. Um, and you you know it's going to happen, hopefully, so you can block accordingly or just take the damage and be ready for it. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting play style because you're going to have to plan. I think you're going to have to plan pretty far ahead and really kind of cover your See ass around the corner, kind pirates of. See work. around the next corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what I like about pirates is it's going to be one of those decks where, again, probably at least my version won't be tier one, <laughs> but it'll be a fun deck to play because yeah. there's going to be a real high agency of control. Lots of decisions constantly, lots of fucking with the top of the library, lots of can tripping, all the stuff that I love about magic. It'll, oh, it'll can, can we talk of. about uh, Star of Extinction, sure. Extinction real quick just because it's so re- fucking ridiculous? Yes, it is re- absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's just the artwork is awesome. It just makes me think of the dinosaurs all dying. Yeah, being over. so it it's essentially the extinction you know that yeah. happened on Earth like three million years ago. Or if, <laughs> it's if weird you, that it only destroys one land though. But go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> so it's seven converted mana, two red, five generic. Destroy target land. Start of extinction deals twenty damage to each creature and each planeswalker. Sorcery speed spell, by the way. Insane. Absolutely insane. Completely ridiculous and. 
unnecessary. I mean, right in the sideboard of Ramnop Red, though, I do have to say. You think so? I think so. Yeah, right in there. Because it's Ramnop Red's going to have trouble with dinosaurs. If you've got big yeah, baddies that's coming, a good call. because they don't, they have, tr- you're going to have to go two for one on the dinosaurs that are five and six toughness. You know what I unless, mean? Unless they can keep, um, Keep you at bay. Keep with, you at bay with the tapping and like the. I, I think you'd have the Ram Neprad is gonna have to shift and use probably more of the cartouches, the cartouches of strength to, to tap their side and. Good point. Go yeah. go more of that route than the straight, um, extremely aggressive route. The Be- straight burn that we see now. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Repeating I barrage. That. I see that going in Ram Ram Neprad. Me too. I, I don't. Well, I mean, well, maybe we not. Actually, pirates. I maybe figured. I don't know. It's. Because it's got that raid ability. The, the raid ability is cool, but it's five mana. So repeating barrage from your graveyard to your hand. It's like they reprinted a functional reprint of Hammer of Bogard. Yeah. Which I never liked Hammer of Bogard. Really? So not really. I mean, I remember you. We played it a lot as kids, though. Like all the I time. I did play it a lot, but yeah. I never liked it. it was oh, one of those I, I, I where... thought you played it because you had a soft spot. I thought it was like Thor's <laughs> hammer, and you fucking you loved it. You know, well, okay. Know. Well, maybe I did, and I just never really realized it. Talking through it, but yeah, I could see. Oh it. wait, could you go back down to Rowdy Crew? I think that was a pretty cool one, pirate card by the way uh yeah hold on a second yeah it's three three trample um when it enters the battlefield discard oh, yeah, this three one's cool uh draw three cards and discard two cards at random two cards that share the same type or discard this way get two plus one so it essentially turns to a five five for four mana for yeah which is sweet uh, and if it's, you're playing a pirate heavy deck you yeah. got a good chance of getting two pirates well as we're gonna see when i go i'm gonna go to the multicolored cards next there is an argument here for black red pirates yeah there's definitely yes. an, definitely an argument and you know you'll see as we go through i'll just go to it now so yeah i think we're the good. rest of the red cards will be mentioned with dinos so everybody out there freaking out you will see it so right off the right off the bat, this was an early spoiler, and one of the reasons maybe that you play <laughs> just looks like yeah. such a classic pirate, Admiral Beckett Brass. <laughs> <laughs> sounds just, like an asshole. It doesn't he? sound like an asshole. I like him already. <laughs> so he costs one of each of the Grixis colors in a generic. He is in fact legendary. He's a legendary creature, human pirate. He begins as a three three. Other pirates you control get plus one plus one at the beginning of your end step. Gain control of target non-land permanent controlled by a player who has dealt combat damage by three or more pirates this turn. Kind of tough. Yeah. Based on a creature heavy meta, kind of tough. But I could see it. Yep. I could see it. I mean, the only thing is, is everybody else is probably going to be having the same answers that you had to deal with creature based strategies. So I it's, think it's so. kind of it's going to be kind of tricky. But you can tell he, I, he's a real ball buster by his uh, flavor text. Oh yeah, yeah. You and your ship will make a fine addition to my fleet. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks so so over the top. The oh, picture, yeah. like look at that, all that going on in the background. It looks like he literally just blew a cannon through the side of the ship and then and like jumped, swung over swung on a over rope, on a yeah, rope. Like, like an asshole. Yeah, yeah. He he looks like he enjoys his beer too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, a flagoon of um, can you go <laughs> before you talk to the dark fleet we gotta talk dead eye plunders because that's cool. that's the heart I think of the treasure pirate strategy right there is getting yeah. these guys out and that's winning true. the game that's true um, he, so it gets it's kind of rich for my blood but I could definitely I'll play at least a one of three generic one blue one black three three human pirate When it, it gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control and it also has a pretty cool ability for two and a black and a blue create a colorless treasure artifact token which is just straight up. If you have mana at the end of the game, you're effectively... You might as well, because it does cause them to tap. You're going to pump it up. You're going to get something for it. It's it's just going to make sense all the way around. This Dire Fleet Captain is one of the main arguments for the Black Rat Pirates. Um, So whenever it attacks, it gets one plus one um, until end of turn for each other attacking pirate. Could become a win con late game. It just, it makes sense. Personally, like, talking it through with you and kind of going through these cards, I really think 
you should consider running the Dire Fleet and the uh, the Captain Storm and and nothing else that we've talked That's about. It, right? I, th- That's what I'm I think that would too. be it. Yeah, right. Just splash it. I mean, you've got the land that'll allow for it to yep. happen. So it, I could see it without a and, doubt. And maybe the Marauding Looter effect. I can't really remember what that one is, but I think it was pretty cool. Oh yeah, Marauding Looter is pretty cool. Sorry, this is being weird for some reason. Yeah, it's all right. There we go. Okay. So it has a raid raid mechanic. It's an uncommon twenty five cents right now. I'll be taking that. <laughs> That's the, the, the flavor text. So it's a raid. Cool. It's a draw and discard cycling. Um, yep. Not too bad for four mana yeah not terrible especially since it's a four three it's got a little bit more to it and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense that a lowly little human pirate would be a four three like that but that's just me being kind of he's a fucking badass that's why he's seen some shit yeah so let me just go to the shavers of nature what's that i don't remember that one you got to check this one out i was just going to go there this is at least a one of oh i do remember this one oh I'm screaming, getting excited, (laughs) clipping the microphone there. (laughs) So this one is cool. It's a little rich for the the abilities. I do like the fact that it is one of each Simic color and the generic, and it comes in as a 3-3. Yeah. What do you think of the abilities? So the abilities are for four generic, one green, three generic, um, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature, and then its second ability is one blue and two generic, remove a plus one, plus one counter from a creature you control and draw a card. Um, I think they're good, and... Maybe not on their own, but in the Merfolk deck, mm-hmm. I think they are good because you're also getting free counters from other things. So you're essentially, you yeah. don't have to pay to put the counter on and then remove it. You no. already have counters that you can remove to draw cards. Good and point, yeah. on the other side that you have fake Gia's Cradle again, which I'm going to keep bringing up, yeah. that you ha- you're, you should good. ideally have this extra mana mm-hmm. that you can use to do these things and you know bring the cost down and really kind of just go crazy with that ramp. I, I that, That's my take on it. And that's what you're going to have to do. That just that makes perfect sense to me. I could see that. Um, and then you probably saw this one. It's worth mentioning, but what do you think? Too rich for your blood? It's, in the, in it's the very rich. If if anything, maybe one. Um, again, the only way you're getting that thing out in any timely fashion is with, with fake Gia's Cradle. Yeah, yeah, with ramp. So no, it's power and toughness equal to the number of cards in your hand. You have no maximum hand side. When it enters the battlefield, you draw a card for each creature you control. Yeah, one blue, one green, gener- five generic. Yeah. It's cool. I could see it more in EDH and stuff than I right. could see it here in Standard. Right. A lot of cards are like that. I would say the same thing with the Vraska Relic Seeker. Cool card. I like that it creates the you know the pirates. It destroys things. It, it minuses life. It's just six mana. It's a lot. You know. It's, I don't know. I f- I feel like there will be decks built around that. I I, I think people are going to try to brew that pretty tough. Sure, I think so too. And that's another argument that I could see. You know, bug pirate decks that have green in it just for this and the ramping abilities of the other green cards, yeah. giving you a little bit more mana. Trying to play the game that dinosaurs is going to be playing. So dinosaurs. I think I'm ready to talk dinos. All right, what you ready? Um, do we? Do we need to talk white at all before we go jump to dinos? No, I'm going to white right okay. after this. All right, let's, so let's I, jump dinos then. Yeah. I wanted to start on the multicolored with dinos okay. because, first off, let me just say this. Even though I'm thematically drawn to the pirate idea more, on paper, dinos look badass. Oh, they yeah. look strong, Be- fierce. Before we even oh. get into talking individual cards, how, how, how do you feel about the, uh, the artwork, the the scientifically accurate feather representations of the dinosaurs. I like it. You like it? It doesn't ruin childhoods thinking of Jurassic Park and... Not at all, because I like that science can be wrong. I like that science is a fiction like a religion and that we're learning new things every day and that the dinosaurs did, in fact, have feathers. I I think almost all of them did, right? To a certain degree. To quote quote always sunny, science can be wrong sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. Very, very true. So... 
there's a lot to start here. I have to start because I just my initial, you know, to be honest, when I first saw this one, especially this this car, this Registrar Alpha, it made me think right away. You just got to go dinos. Yeah, it's going to be expensive, but it's going to be worth it, and you're going to win a lot of games and have a lot of fun. <laughs> That's what I thought right away. A lot of turning sideways. Um, yeah, basically filling the hole that zombies. Yes. Is leading, now, I think. To, to give you an idea, I priced a little bit of it out. Okay. My blue black pirate deck with everything is going to be a little over 200 bucks. Okay. And that's everything. Yeah. I'm happy. That's sideboard, yeah. you know, including some cards that I have here. Dinos, on the other hand, is more like 350 Just because the key cards that at least I'd be playing, I'd do a Naya version of it. Yeah. They're a lot. Like this Registrar Alpha, you have to have four you of have these. You have to, yeah. And they're 10 bucks a piece. Now, when I read this, and anybody that hasn't seen it out there is going to understand why. First off, also favorite artwork of the whole set. I just really like it. It's got the multiplicity effect with the dinosaurs in the background. The thing looks <laughs> I didn't badass. realize that. Just looks badass. Multiple. I'm just picturing like one of the pizzas being like the dinosaurs with like the pizza, like in like the movie multiplicity. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. <laughs> he puts the fucking pizza in his wallet. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I haven't seen that. Oh movie my god. Ever. Okay. So it's kind of a lot of mana, but with the ramp strategy, you're going to get it out quick. Yeah. Turn three, maybe. So it's one green, one red, three generic creature dinosaur, four four. Other dinosaurs you control have haste. When Registrar Alpha enters the battlefield, create a three three green dinosaur creature token with trample and, and he's haste. Got Exactly. <laughs> now this thing is just going to cast. It's not legendary. You're going to have multiples of these in play. It's high mana cost, so it's going to it's going to require. It's it's not even fatal fatal pushable. No. It could be walked the plank, but it's not fatal pushable. No. It's just it makes sense. I'm I'm trying to picture how they got that dinosaur to walk the plank, but uh, you know, hey, eh, whatever. Yeah. You know. We'll, we'll suspend belief. You know. That's, and that's exactly what you have to do, especially going into the things we're about to talk about, because <laughs> this shit's going to get so crazy. Let's talk Raging Swordtooth here. Um, yeah. Let's just get him out of the way, because yeah. um, same thing, five convert mana, five, five with trample. Mm -hmm. When he enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each other creature. Yeah. So you might be asking why this is good. Um, No-brainer, trigger that rage enrage ability on all your dinosaurs, because it's not going to kill them. Yeah. And if it does, there's ones that are small but when they die they come back as bigger creatures yes so you're guaranteeing that you can flip them and get the tokens that you want into that's play. right yeah you're you're it's a you're hedging your bet if you will yes. you're you're taking the proper hedges people would say yeah because that that's the one thing with dinosaurs that can make it um sort of mm -hmm. iffy is the fact that their abilities trigger on the fact that the dinosaurs take jam damage so as the opponent you're trying to mitigate that as much as possible you're not letting those dinosaurs take oh, yeah. damage so the abilities don't trigger mm-hmm and you're going to try to come up with creative ways to mitigate the damage that you're taking from these fucking beasts. Yeah. So having the Raging Sword Tooth in there, um, it just makes sense. It gives you yeah. an agency of control over these quote-unquote random abilities. That's it. Exactly. It gives you control over the triggered abilities. And the thing with dinos that I have to wrap my mind around is there's the casting costs are very high. Yes. Very high. But... It's a ramp strategy. Yeah. It's you know, it's gonna you're gonna ramp into these things a lot quicker than turn five, at least if you have your way. Uh, I'll do the Sun's Avatar first, then we have to talk this Planeswalker because yes. she fits right in. Yes. So the if I was to build dinosaurs, which who knows, maybe I will. Maybe you will. Maybe he's, maybe he's pulling. The maybe this will talk. Maybe this will talk me into it. Because let's be real, this is a strength like unlike the other decks we've discussed. You know, even Romnop Red is going to have trouble with yes. this because it's going to be fast, and you're going to you're not going to have the removal in Mono Red that's going to be able to take care of these dinosaurs. Not many decks will. No. So this is another ten dollar card. Absolutely ridiculous and awesome artwork. So it is the Naya colors. Three of the Naya colors, one of each, and five generic mana. It's a legendary creature. Seven six. Dinosaur Avatar, Trample, Vigilance, Haste, right away, whoa. 
Whenever the Sun's Avatar deals combat damage to a player, reveal that many cards from the top of your library. Put any number of dinosaur creature cards from among them onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library. That's in absolutely any insane. That just cements Naya Dinos, makes it because it just makes sense. If it drops, do. it's over. You're fucked. Yeah, you're, that's to me. That's a better card than that Jace card because Jace yeah. has a lot of conditions going on with it, and this is just like here. I ramped into this. I got my Gia's Cradle reprint. It's, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, you know? I mean it has to be Naya Dinosaurs. It's got to be Naya Dinos. It's a it's a three color thing, and this just solidifies it even farther. This is actually. I really like this card. <laughs> you know, at first I was like, I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I was like, wait a second. But dinosaurs are going to be this big thing that you're going to have open mana yep. to ramp into it. So it's, how do you pronounce it, Nick? I don't even know. Hootly? Hootly? Hootly. 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 I like Hootly. Hootly warrior poet. It's perfect. So she's petting a dinosaur in the picture, which is very cool. The tamer. She's a tamer. So she starts it with three loyalty, plus two. You gain life equal to the greatest equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. So right there, you could be gaining seven or eight life with a dinosaur deck. Easily, easily for yeah. plus two. That just makes things out of control. With Round Map Red, they're going to scoop because they're not going to be able to keep yep. up card for card with that. For zero, you create a 3-3 three, three green dinosaur creature token with Trample. Hello, Gideon effect. Yes. The, the night thing, this is even better. It yes. justifies the mana. It totally makes sense. And her ultimate is just badass. So for you minus X for the ultimate. Uh, Warrior Poet deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures. Creatures dealt damage this way can't block this turn. That's the that's the maneuver. You plus two her, you minus her for two, you do it to the two big blockers, and you just come right in with the dinos. Yep. Be prepared for turn five and six wins with dinosaurs on a regular, consistent As soon basis. as that card comes into play, if they had the dinosaurs in play, you might as well use her ultimate and just kill her. Yeah, you might, you might, you might as well. That's that's the use of it right that's there. That's the use. It's a win con if I've ever seen it. Um, what do you think of that belligerent Brontosaurodon? That's an interesting card. I, I, it I'd, is cool, yeah. I'd like to see that um, somehow work. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's it's an expensive card. It's seven, seven mana, converted mana, one white, one green, five generic, four, six. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. So you're using your toughness. Neat. So if you could almost make that work in a different way you know like there's a condition there i, I would there's a deck I, out there I, for it i know i would like to see it work where you could like you know really build up your toughness or your creature so you can't kill them and then you're dealing damage with this toughness just creating like this wall effect or maybe like some sort of cr- stupid wall deck defender deck a takes defender over deck. legacy or modern yeah you know because didn't, didn't they have like a thing with like creatures walls and creatures with defender can attack and stuff like that so yep. if you can do that and you can flip their attack their toughness to be their power yeah, you can yeah. actually do damage with it. I can see that. I mean, sure. this is way outside of scope. I'm just brainstorming here and just <laughs> no. Kind that's of, all right. I like it. Know, I like daydreaming it. a little bit. Well, oh, that's that's what this is all about. Um, so we're gonna move into white, and there's a few things to say about white that are not dino only. So white has a lot of vampires, has a lot of different weird things going on. I know people are really excited about some of the prints because they're a little different, like the Ashes of Abhorrent or Axis of Mortality. I don't see those being super viable no. in standard. We will discuss them at large in the next episode where we talk about other things. But overall, there are a few key cards to the dino strategy within. So let's just say there's a lot of vampire stuff. I don't even think we're going to discuss it no, right now. No, there's no point. Okay. I think they're pretty weak. If you, do, if you don't, hit me up on Instagram. Call me out. Call me a douchebag. <laughs> do what you got to do. So here's the big one. And this is going to be seen when we go back to red and green. 
there's a lot of dinosaur spells you cast cost one less to yes. cast. And for something as cheap as this one white at a zero three, what were they thinking printing know, this card? Right? This is just great. Absolutely great. Immediately making it more difficult to even just play the game if you're not playing dinosaurs. They they really want people to play these dinosaurs. They like, really you do. Know, they're really they? pushing it. They're I feel really like they're really shoving it. it down my throat. Hey, hey, man, hey yeah. wizards. Maybe I don't want to play dinosaurs. Fuck you, all right? Hey, maybe I'm glad hey. the meteor destroyed them all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I believe the Earth was created three thousand years ago. And I don't believe dinosaurs are real. <laughs> well, we all know the Earth is flat, Nick. <laughs> so it's uh, true. Yeah. If the meteor did hit, we went right through. <laughs> what the hell? Good point. You got me there. Okay, this is cool. I like this psychedelic-looking, gorging ceratops. It's seven mana. It's rich, but again, you're ramping, so it's not going to be that rich. It has double strike. It's only a 3-3, but whenever it attacks, other creatures you control gain double strike until end of turn. You give that Regisaur Alpha and all of his copies and little clones that double strike, it's over. It's literally win-con. It's win-con after win-con with this big ramp strategy with these. The the, the problem, though, is that there are a lot of them are fighting for the same slot, so it's... It's a very difficult balance yeah. of getting it right because you have so many of these powerhouses to choose from. Yeah. And I think the the big thing is getting that early game though, right? Yeah. That's that's gonna be the trouble for these decks. It is. And and something like this maybe won't even see play because of the double white factor. I don't think it will. Because in Naya, you're gonna be looking for the one of colors kind of things. Like the yes. ones we just mentioned on the multicolor page will definitely be there. There's no way they won't. But the cool thing that I do want to mention with dinos, as I'll get to in a second here, there are perfect drop slots for one, twos, and threes. Didn't mean to click on it, but that's right. This I kind of like just because this ability is very viable in standard, at least in this meta shift. I think. What do you Jolly think about Sunwing. this? Sunwing. So three converted mana cost, two three flying creatures your opponents control on the battlefield tapped. Um, yes, I think that is a a good it, it, with this strategy. I think it's good because um, you're you're buying yourself the time to get the bigger stuff out. Right, creatures yeah. are coming in play tapped. They can't block with them. You're getting some early damage in. Maybe mm-hmm. they also can't use them for activated abilities. Well, they couldn't do that anyways. But yeah, it it just leaves leaves them more defense it helps open the path helps close them down a bit i think slows the path yeah um ixalan's binding is not dinosaur specific and it's got the internet enraged it's a it's a cool card i don't know if you read this one or took a look at this nick but oh yeah that card's insane pretty fucking neat because it this is going to see some heavy eternal format play essentially shuts down an entire strategy um, one white, three generic is an enchantment. When Ixalan's Binding enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent opponent controls until Ixalan's Binding leaves the battlefield. Your opponents can't cast spells with the same name as the exiled card. Brutal. So, again, putting the Jace deck, just as it says in this flavor text, and that is Jace, in fact, in the, in the artwork there. Yep. Jace awoke to the certainty that he was lost. You are going to be lost, Jace, because if that strategy does come forward and they do that... It's nullifying you. Unless they're playing the removal. Like That's why Demystify is here, to get rid of something yes, that's powerful. Exactly. Because if you don't have the answers or fragmentize even, something that's there. They've done a good job of evening the scales, but let's just say right off the bat, maybe you, if you don't draw the card, you're fucked. <laughs> you know, just kind of comes down with it. And then here's another thing that I will mention, like something like this Legion's Judgment. This is there just to give the decks a chance against the dinosaurs. Destroy target creature with power four or greater. Just, sure. just destroyed. For three mana, kind of rich. Won't see a lot of play, but that's why they printed it. Yeah, I mean... If if you're really gonna go that route, you might as well splash black in for the uh, the walk the plank. Yeah, because walk the plank's gonna serve the same the same footing. Um, Legion's landing. Do More. we talk it just because it's the legendary enchantment cycle? I think we cycle? should. Yeah. Okay. So this is the vampire version of it. Maybe one of the only really interesting vampire. Um, sex in this so it's one white when it enters the battlefield create a one one white vampire creature token with lifelink when you attack with three or more creatures transform legion's landing legion's landing transforms into adanto 
the first fort. Legendary land, add, tap to add a white. One white, two generic, tap it, create a 1-1 one, one white vampire creature token with lifeline. The, the least exciting of all of them, I'd feel like. I'm actually surprised that it's three ninety nine. I yeah. just I just am, but it's cool. One question. How, how are the vampires out in the day? Good question, Nick. Remember, dispend belief. <laughs> suspend belief. Suspend it. It's, it's right. a different color sun. <laughs> it's not a... Not a it, it, it's the red sun of it's Krypton. The, it's the red sun of Krypton. Yes, that's right. Um, okay, I'm going to jump right in because this one I really like. I really like this card. So Priest of the Awakening Sun. One white human cleric, one one. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may reveal a dinosaur card from your hand. If you do, you gain two life. Three, this kind of rich. Three generic, two white. Sacrifice Priest of the Awakening Sun. Search your library for a dinosaur card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shelf your library. So once you get the ramp strategy, for some reason you don't have it in your hand, you can find it with this card. Yeah. You're also gaining life, giving you a little bit more time, because that's what you're doing in dinos, right? You're ramping and you buying have, time. You have to, yeah, th- that's to help you get through the early game, I think. Yeah, maybe not a four of, but I could see two at least, maybe three in Naya dinos. I just could. You know, it makes sense. It's possible. I mean, you're going to, over that, though, let's be real. You're going to be putting in these cards. This is a four of. Yeah, the Kinjali's Caller is a four of. A four of in a dino deck. It makes more sense than the Priest of the Sun one, but it's still cool. Um, let me zoom in a little bit here. So some more gain life stuff. What this, do you think of the, sh- the sheltering light, Seth? What do you feel about that? Um, I think it's kind of cool, actually, especially because of the scry ability. Right. That's what we the talked sc- about The scry kind of makes it worthwhile, right? Definitely could see it in the sideboard of dinos. Um, it kind of it gives you a lot of options. Um, it just helps protect your win con, you know, at instant speed, especially. The scry is huge. It just kind of replaces itself. Settle the wreckage. Regard. We have to talk about that. <sighs> this one will be a mainstay in our eternal format, Ixalan episode, but this needs to be mentioned right away because this could go in any whiteboard. Yes. This is going to change. This is this is the perfect card to print versus dinos and in the dino mirror. It's just incredible. Yep, there's there's your answer. There's your mirror match sideboard, yeah. Yeah, so two generic, two white, instant. Exile all attacking creatures target player controls. That player may search his or her library for that many basic land cards, put those cards onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle his or her library. So right away, when I saw this, you know what I thought. Mono white hate bear, sideboard. Yep. Just the icing on the, the cake for affinity. Oh, yeah, done. <laughs> Bye-bye, Anthony. <laughs> Four of in the sideboard. I think it's even going to be better... Well-timed oh, yeah. than Stony Silence oh, yeah. in a weird way, just because they're, they're fucked. There's no basic lands in Affinity. No, nope, you're, you're fucked. Just, you're fucked. I you, can't you believe they printed basic. it. Yeah, I can't even card. believe they printed it, to be honest. it's. I mean, if it was three mana, forget it. Oh, my forget God. It. It yeah, would be, it'd, be, abso- it'd be banned. Yeah, it would be banned. It'd be absolutely ridiculous. Um, so there's a big dino in the end here. We can talk this. Uh, that's kind of vampire-y and crappy. Let's mention this one, because this is another one that we'll see some serious eternal format play. Uh, Tokatli Honor Guard. One white, one generic, human soldier, one three. It is, in fact, a rare at $2 right now. Creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. So this huge. This is huge with all those conditional mechanics of brewing here. This is a great sideboard yes, card. Against absolutely. the inevitable decks that'll pop up that we're not seeing right now. N- different archetypes that'll affect this and current archetypes with servos and things like that that are in the previous meta that are still be there and We're, coming through. Am I mistaken, Seth, or are there some humans that um, synergize with dinosaurs as well that were like, um, they get stronger when you have dinosaurs in they're play? They're in the green cycle. Oh, they're yeah. in the green? Yeah, okay. we're, we're going to be getting to them. For some reason, I thought they were white. Um, there's, and no, there's, there's, I mean, dinosaurs are pretty much across all colors here. This one, not so, not awesome, but we can mention it. I could see it. Territorial Hammer build. Skull. Um, yeah. It could be unassuming. It could be. 
it is cool because it gives you the option to tap and attack a blocker when it attacks. It fits a three slot. It's not a win con, but it's maybe something there to help lube the machine. Yeah, it, it's just another cog in the machine for sure. So this is unbelievable. This thing looks like a dinosaur moose. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it does look like. Awakening Sun's avatar. It's very rich, and this is why Naya might not play it, because it's going to cost three white. So three white, five generic, dinosaur avatar, seven, seven. When Awakening Sun's avatar enters the battlefield, if you cast it from your hand, destroy all non-land, or non-dinosaur creatures, excuse me. That's insane. And he's a seven, seven. And he's a seven, seven. Goodbye, all other strategies. Can't really see it in Naya, Naya Dinos, though, because three, three white is mu- rich. It's too big. You're better off with the Registrar Alpha or his, you know, legendary captain or whatever he happens to be. I, I could see it if you, well, so here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, at least my takeaway on the, the dinosaurs is that you have to go at least red-green. There's no real other choice than going red-green. No other it. choice. If you're not playing that Registrar Alpha and you're playing dinosaurs, you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and then not. you have to decide whether or not it's worth it to you to go Naya with it, which... more. In, most conditions, you probably want to go Naya. My gut's telling me Naya, yeah. but I could see lower. And now, here's the other thing, though, because you know what Red Green already has in this meta untouched is like the electrostatic pummeler decks. Yes, like exactly. now, imagine just those Red Green two together. That could end up being the tier one. Yeah. Naya drops to tier two just because of how fast that's going to be. Exactly. And you're still going to have energy counters. You're still going to have the whole Kaladosh block ideas. Those are going to be there. So going to green with this right away makes the whole thing work. Commune with dinosaurs, we mentioned it before, fits like a glove in this deck. Um, something that I do want to mention ramp style-wise, this Dryad, Blossoming Dryad, three mana, kind of rich, 2-2, two, two, untap target land. Now, when you can untap that Gia's Cradle land, yes. it becomes that, that changes the game. That I changes mean, that's, the game. That's what it's used for. It's going to let you get these big dinosaurs in play. Um, here's a real expensive card that I'm surprised it costs 16 bucks, but it's awesome. And again, why you're playing green with a dino deck. Yes. Carnage Tyrant. Two green, four generic, seven, six. Carnage Tyrant can't be countered. Trample, hexproof. So that thing is literally going nowhere when yes. it hits the table. In this meta, it's going nowhere. They're going to have to have something huge to block it with. They're well, that, gonna... that, that, uh, you had to answer that, that white card that we just talked about. Yes. That's well, the only, that's the only thing. That's pretty much the only thing that'll, that'll do it. But I mean, it's just, it's fucking awesome. There's some other big dinos that we won't really mention, like Colossal Dreadmaw. You've got a lot of options for win cons with, with oh, the dinosaurs. Ooh, Deathlord Scavenger. I, I kind of like that one. Oh, this is great. I like it because it's kind of jundy. Yeah, <laughs> he is. So he's one green, two generic, three, two. When he enters the battlefield or attacks, you may exile, t- exile target card from a graveyard. If a creature card is exiled this way, you gain two life. Non-creature card is exiled this way. Deathlord Scavenger gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Yeah. So again, getting you that early life gain to kind of get you to that late game is, and, I think, is huge. And yeah. he's, he's going to be coming into play with for probably two yeah. if you had that white creature in play first. So that's he's coming right. out second turn as a 3-2. Yeah, that's it's a threat pretty right fucking away. good. Yeah, it's great. It's I mean, it's just, it's, again, like you said, Wizards is making it really hard to look any other, look away from any other strategy just because of how great it really is. Um, Drover the Mighty is all right, actually. Kind of, oh, yeah. I think he'd be good in the, the deck for the ramp. It's great. Add, to have to add one mana of any color to your mana pool, that's fucking awesome. Yes, so he comes and plays 1-1 one, one for a green and Four a generic. Of. And he gets plus two, plus two, Do as it. long as you control a dinosaur. Like, why yes. would you print this card? <laughs> like, what the We've, fuck? <laughs> we did forget to mention the one red dinosaur that I really liked. Um, I'm going to go back to red after this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we didn't cover red yet? No, we did, but not for dinosaurs. Oh, okay. There's yeah, some great right. ones that need to be mentioned. So. We, we did this in like a terrible way. That's why I'm so confused. We yeah. we like fucked it completely. We did. We started at kind of a weird area, but it's okay. We're still yeah. going to hit all the we were, we were just really excited after doing our research. We were, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, green, green's green got a lot of options for this kind of stuff. Um, you, even crazy stuff like emergent growth. This just... 
just absolutely ridiculous. If it gets five plus five, it's four mana. It's a lot. It's rich. But in this ramp strategy, totally makes sense. Tiger creature gets plus five, plus five until end of turn and must be blocked this turn if able. So if they have something that they're holding on to that they you can't they get rid of, yeah. it's just gonna it's gonna hurt the pirate strategy. S- sideboard to me. Sideboard um, for sure. N- yeah. Not main board. No, not my main board. And then obviously these decks, these Dino decks are gonna be rocking the growing rights of Idlemach, which is the effective reprint of yes. Gia's Cradle. Um, so there's how, a, how, how did you feel about New Horizons, Seth? Uh, it's it's cool. I like it. Um, it makes sense in the dinosaur strategy, without a doubt. You can ramp right into it, you know. Enchant yeah. Land, when onto the battlefield, put a 1 plus 1 counter on target creature you control, and Enchant Land has tap to add 2 mana of any one color to your mana pool. Fitting perfectly in the ramp strategy, just icing on the cake kind yep. of thing. Here's another Enraged Dino for 3, which is great because it's gaining life making things take longer so this with the other dinosaur you mentioned when it does the one damage to it it enrages it whenever it's dealt damage you gain two life and it's a three two yep and then the the ranging raptors i think that there's more another ramp strategy if you want to go it's back up oh sorry right before that one that you were just talking about oh yeah so he's three converted mana cost one green two generic two three got the enrage ability whenever he has dealt damage you may search your library for a basic land card put it on the battlefield tabs and shuffle your library yeah. therefore no, more ramping more mana oh, yeah. to get your shit out faster and you know what you're probably going to see the smart people that are going to put together dinos it's going to be more of a mid-range strategy with these smaller dinosaurs yeah. they're going to have the win cons but it's not going to be a solely focused ramp no. it's going to have these these smaller cards this is just awesome maybe my favorite dinosaur in the single colors yeah Four mana, two green, two generic, four five, enrage. Whenever it's dealt damage, draw a card. Uh, Riptar Raptor, by the way. Yeah, Ripjaw. Yeah, Ripjaw, yeah. That's just fucking awesome. And then all these other cards that we mentioned before and Merfolks fit perfectly in here. Shaper Sanctuary, I could just see it. You just see a lot of things with this. There's a lot of bigger dinos here. Um, some kind of cool stuff with this, especially with Kaladesh still being a big thing in this meta. Slice and Twain. Weird name. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird name. Um, kind of expensive for what it does for destroying a entire artifact and drawing a card. It's a little too rich for my blood. I wouldn't run it personally. Fair enough. I could see it. There's some other you know, bigger bigger dinosaurs again in, within rage abilities like this I wouldn't personally put in there. The, the Flash is the nice. Flash he's, is cool. he's, a, he's more of the sneaky blocker. I don't think that's going to get you anywhere in the game, though. And it's kind of not really... I, not at least to me, not, not, the, not the correct strategy. Yeah. Printed as a throw-you-off kitchen table kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Thundering Spinebacks along the same way. I do like the honor, the pure effect it gives. It is seven mana. Other dinos get plus one, plus it's one. too much. Too much. It's just too much. We won't even finish reading it here. Um, okay, so this is this needs to be mentioned. Oh, Vernon. Okay, back from another audio cutout. Sorry, guys. I got I to gotta figure out what's causing that and fix it. Little drip, but we're good. We're going to talk Verdant Rebirth real quick. We're almost done with the dinos. We got Red to talk about. Um, this card fits perfectly in dinos. Maybe not a four of, or but definitely some play in the board. Uh, one green, one generic. It's an instant until end of turn. Target creature gains. When this creature dies, return it to its owner's hand. Draw a card. Replaces itself. Gives you the card back that's about to die. Protecting win cons left and right. Yeah, it's a really good card. Any any deck that run, runs green should consider it. That's right. And then here's more more of this gain life idea with dinosaurs, which is kind of strange that they put these two things together because thematically you think dinosaur destruction, you don't think life gains right. so much, but it's still there. So seven mana, really expensive as it is. Two green, five uh, generic dinosaur avatar, five, five. When Verdant Sun's avatar or another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. So with all these big dinos hitting, they're, you're gaining a lot of life. Yeah, yeah. A real lot. Um, real quick, I just want to talk Wild Girls Walker. Um, we didn't talk about it before. It's a one three for two generic, two converted mana cost, one green, one generic. Whenever a creature you control explores, put a plus one plus one counter on my own growth walker, and you gain one life. So, Perfect. I mean, that could be another 
reason to run green with some sort of pirate deck. It, it maybe oh, yeah. maybe a red green pirate deck, red green black. Yeah, that's, I'm thinking sure. John John pirates. John sure. pirates. sure. Um, and I I really do think these wild growth walkers are going to be unsung unsung heroes. If sure. not, you know everybody's you know is co- fully aware that the, they're turning your fucking rock. The value's there. Yeah. It's the price is right without a doubt. Um, and then now back to red. We already talked red briefly with pirates, but the the red dinosaurs are really where it it comes out. There's some heavy. There's some heavy hitters. This is great. For four mana, I know it doesn't seem great on paper, but again, you're ramping into this. It's not going to cost you four. It can attack or block alone, but it's a 5-5 five, five for four mana. In the dino deck, it could be out as soon as turn two. You don't know. Turn three. Well, turn three. You got to tell people the names, bro. Oh, I'm sorry. Bounded <laughs> Horncrest. Bounded Horncrest. Yeah, no, it, it is a really good card. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the can, can attack or block alone. Um, yeah ability or restriction whatever you want to call it so i i personally don't think i would run it what i'm getting at though is i think i really do think the dinosaur decks that are kind of gonna come up on top are maybe the red after all this research and talking about it out loud here for a while the lean red green lean red green where they don't even have the big win cons in them they're the highest is five and they're ramping into these things a lot sooner than the other decks are because you've got a lot of options with the the avatar dinosaurs which is the next one i'll read which is burning sun's avatar so it's a dinosaur avatar six six three red mana though that's hard to come by in this meta and three generic when burning sun's avatar enters the battlefield it deals three damage to target opponent and three damage to up to one target creature so it's giving you some split it's giving you some idea it, it's cool i mean it, it makes it, sense. it's too expensive for my blood I, for what yeah. it does i think but it's 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 you know it's an option oh yeah it's an option um dinosaur stampede obviously is pretty freaking cool and because it just pumps up your dinos attacking creatures get two plus oh until end of turn um dinosaurs you control gain trample three mana like yeah win, con- win condition right win there condition especially in the mid-rangey red green yes. strategies it's just it's over the top good this is kind of interesting just for three mana four two could come out on turn two with the ramp just fits that nice three block i could just see it. turn two of the ramp and not even well if you're running white you get the the cost reduction yes exactly now the the main reason i wanted to go to red and didn't want to forget about it is this little guy just very cool it's kind of a non-bow because it says players can't gain life rampaging ferocidon is that how you would say it ferocidon yeah i think so so it's one red two generic three three menace uh it's a dinosaur obviously i said they can't gain life thing whenever another creature enters the battlefield rampaging ferocidon deals one damage to that creature's controller so that affects you too though you know it does affect you too but i could just this did for, it does a lot for, for for three mana. It does a lot. Right next to it, obviously, the reason you're going to splash this red and it's it just it's perfect. Um, Optech Huntmaster, uh, one red, one generic. It's a one two spells. Dinosaur spells you cost cast one last to cost. Excuse me, and then target di- target dinosaur gains haste until end of turn. So, to me, I would say now you know, kind of going through it with you. I think scratch the white put the optech hunt master in instead of the white one for one this is the way better option you're getting the ability for free and then you're also giving stuff haste i mean you're getting a lot of value for a two convert amount of cost creature the the naya becomes just a splash for white just for the big dino but even then will you get there that's that's the real question i think i i I feel like the naya version is just like more winning you know you know what i'm saying like when when you're already in a condition (laughs) in a position where you're going to win and you're just getting more of it so I, i think it's kind of redundant um can you scroll back up seth there was a red one that i wanted to talk about and i think we passed it i'll know when i see it keep going it's a little it was a little guy it was was a little guy he's like a one one he turns into a three three when he dies three three uh shit sorry guys hold on we'll find it i thought it was a red red one i don't know 
not ringing a bell. Oh, there it is. It's Raptor Hatchling for two. So it's one one for two, and then when it enrages, um, and it di- it basically essentially dies. You get a three three with trample. So not yeah. bad. That's pretty good. And that that's that you know cool. that that mid rangey, early game type stuff. And if for some reason you can get some counters on them and ping them, you can just keep creating dinos. Exactly. To get them bigger. Yeah. Or you know you can even play them for you know one converted mana for with the Optech Hunt Master in play. So third turn one mana drop. Yeah. You sure. know, you, you can give him haste or, you know, attack with him. Options are there. Yep. So he's he's either going to deal, you know, consistent damage because they don't want to deal with a 3-3. Three, three. Um, the only thing that I don't like about it, again, is um, it's kind of a, a condition where the opponent controls whether or not it transforms. So he's a 1-1, one, one, pretty easy to deal with across the board, not really much of a threat. So you can assume that if, your opponent does something to make him transform mm-hmm. that they have the answer to deal with that 3-3. Three, three. So maybe oh, yeah, not so sure. good, but still an interesting card. Yeah. And I think you're right if you can come up with a way to give him some counters and then ping, um, ping him and yeah. make make him, you know, cre- keep creating tokens. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the way to go. And maybe, you know, maybe maybe with, um, oh, God, that, that red card where you sacrifice treasure and stuff to deal one damage to things, maybe you can come up with something like that. I sure. don't know, you know? I could definitely see that without a doubt. Um, and then the final card that I will mention, because it it's right here and it's got the ping ability, is Ryle. One red, a sorcery. Wish it was an instant. Ryle deals one damage to target creature you control. That creature gain, gains trample until end of turn, and it replaces itself by drawing a card. That card is great. It's great. It's perfect in dinos. Makes a ton of sense. After doing the research, I've changed my mind, and I think you have too, Nick, that red-green is probably the way to I go. I think so, too. Incorporating some of the electrostatic pummeler cards and just yep. running with and, it. And that's something I wanted to add with the, the new Gia's Cradle, the, the, the walking ballista, electrostatic oh. pummeler. All those cards are going to really, really see shine, really shine yeah, with that. Really I, like, I, I don't know how they're not. No, that's right. Um, yeah. And stuff like Blossoming Defense, just to, yeah. just to you're hedging the bet. It's going to make red-green dinos a serious threat. Not saying that Naya won't be there, but if anything, it's a splash on white and it's very low to the ground. Has, has it almost convinced you to, to play dinos instead of pirates? Or are you still locked in the pirates? I, thematically, I'm drawn to the pirate theme a little bit more. I just, I don't know. I'm coming off a lot of heavy creature-based strategies in the last couple formats that I played, yeah. so I'm kind of going the more spell around Trying to do pirates, something different. maybe. I mean, I like I said, I do believe that dinos are the way to go. And just from a cost-effective point, not having the white is going to bring down the cost of getting the lands and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's the last part that we need to talk about now are the lands. So obviously we talked about how they reprinted the tapped lands. So like Dragon Skull Summit, Glacial Fortress, Rupon Crag, awesome artwork on them. Give you an idea if you don't know. It enters the battlefield tapped unless you control a swamp or, swamp or a mountain for Dragon Skull Summit, and it taps to add either or. Yep. So this fits right in with the Amonkhet cycling lands, and you do have the off-color lands in Kaladesh, so you have a lot of lands to choose from here, making the strategies viable, making them interesting and cool. There are a few that need to be mentioned in the lands that are just awesome. One is Field of Ruin, and I could kind of see this in taxes in a weird way, because it's giving you some options. Sure. So two, tap it, sacrifice it. It taps to add a generic. Let me say that right away, or colorless. Um, so you t- tap it, sacrifice it, for, and two mana. Destroy target non-basic land and opponent controls. Each player searches his or her library for a basic land card, puts it onto the battlefield, then shuffles his or her library. could totally see this in dinosaurs, because you're getting the land as well. It gives like both an evolving wilds kind of effect while destroying maybe their key piece of land. Yep, exactly. Know? And you don't. it doesn't come into play tap, so you can... St- Tap your mana first, yeah, and then you get one for free if you whatever, whatever land you know. So sure, come it, right it's in giving on a little it. extra. The only thing that kind of sucks is it costs two to use the ability on this yeah. thing. It's kind of pricey. Mine, I think it should have been one one in a sack. That's what I personally would have liked to I see. I agree. Yeah, 
I agree. But um, yeah, no, it's definitely a cool card. I think you know a lot of decks are going to have to run it be, to deal with these um, flip cards that turn into lands. I, oh, I don't think you have oh, much choice. Yeah, it's probably going to be a four of in almost every deck. That's why they're going to be there because when that stuff flips, like the Gia's Cradle effect, you, you have to have it. You'd be screwed yep. otherwise. And unclaimed territory, um, another four of in almost every deck that I think is going to be out there. Maybe not like the 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 decks that are rotating in like Ramnet Bruins and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I don't necessarily think they're gonna. It's gonna be in that deck, but unclaimed territory will be in every single one of these tribe-based decks. Oh yeah, it, there's no reason for it not to be. Yeah. It's essentially like a cavern of souls minus the campy countered effect, and as the generic, when it comes into play, you choose a creature type. You add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Spend this ability only cast chosen creature type. Gonna see a lot of play in eternal formats. Good yeah. bet. Good um, bet all around. And there's one more here, which is kind of cool. Kind of a weaker version of that card. Yeah. It gives does give mana fixing to the three color decks. Like this would be something that if I did go Grixis Pirates, I would probably put one or two of them in just to help kind of push things along. Maybe even shorts. instead of the red basics, you could almost rely on it, you know? This, yeah. This and do something like that. Or the, like the unclaimed territories and the un, unknown shores. With mm-hmm. with that, you could still run. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't probably have to put any. Sure, basic, I could run Dragon basics. Skull Summit, and I could run the Cycling Lands yes. for Ramen Cat to make it work. You know, that's, that's a really cool planes, by the way. That one with like the uh, the 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 flat tiers. This one? No, the one to the right of it. Oh, this. I, uh, I don't know what those are called. Like, it's kind of like uh, like the Machu Picchu type I thing. I think say it's very Incan. Yeah, very Incan. The artwork across the board on all these lands is just beautiful. I'd love to see these as full arts. Um, just really robust, different kind of colors. What you expect, color identity wise. But just cool, cool looking all the way around. Oh, I like the swamp with the. I think that's Jace walking through it, isn't it? It is. That's Jace pretty lost sweet. In the swamp. After his so I, I didn't follow the story, but um, so he's so apparently they didn't die from Bolas, but were they? They must have got like spread across the multiverse or something. They did, yes, and with like a weakened power thing. So he's yeah. he's alive. He doesn't quite know where he is. He, he's got a little little amnesia, a little, little amnesia, yeah. amnesic, <laughs> which which makes sense, which I could yeah. totally see. Yeah. So I think that's going to wrap up uh, the cards, and, and you know we're still, we still got a little bit more material here. This this is quite the long one for you, but yep. you know we're trying to trying to make it a good one. Um, so do you think it would be possible, Seth, if um, you know we can get Sand here and you can kind of you know help us talk the future Whoa. of cards here? I don't know, man. Can you can you can you, you, don't, you don't know? I think it's been a little weird lately. It's been a little weird with San. Yeah. yeah, I had a little moment in the mirror the other day. It's kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> really? Well, can, can you just try to summon him? I, I just want to ask him to see if he can you know help me out with. I, I want to invest some money in some cards. Can oh, you? Man, dancing with the devil. I, I'll give it a shot. All right. If it's a, if it's really necessary. It's, it, I think it's important. Yeah. All right. Let me channel here. Uh, 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 I, I just I can't get through to him. You can't. Just, I, I can't. No, it must be something good on TV down there. Yeah, he, he just doesn't give a fuck. He's kind of telling you. Uh, yeah, you don't he's care? telling me no. He's telling me I can't quite get there. I don't know hmm. what it is. Well, fuck. Yeah. Well, we need stand, sand for the segment. Um, yeah. Hold on a second. Let, let's pause this real quick and let's see if we can come up with something. All right. Okay, guys, we're back. Um, it actually took a little bit longer than we thought. We we've been away for a couple hours. We had to actually look up how to summon sand from the pits of hell because right. I, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but he actually possesses Seth. And then he, he takes over my body, and he spews forth the knowledge. He's he, like the exorcist. I, I don't, I don't know what his deal is. He's a, he's a weird demon. I don't know why he likes Magic: The Gathering so much. He loves it. <laughs> it's like that, and you know, he hangs out, and watches TV, and does jack shit. He's just jack. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's a big fan of Impractical Jokers. I've heard that. Yeah, he's he's very finicky. Very, very finicky. finicky. Yeah, likes a particular brand of comedy. Very dry <laughs> sense of humor. Interesting guy, though. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's see if the summoning pact will work. Seth, are you ready? Oh, I think okay. so. Sorry, Ugh. man. This this might hurt. It is. I can just feel it. Sun goes out, shot 
did it did it work? San is is Seth? Is that you or? Good evening. This is a Santa Pellegrino. Oh. What did you bring to offer me to discuss finance? Well, be, be, Sam, be, before we even get there, dude, what the fuck? Why, why didn't you answer when Seth called? I was binge-watching. You motherfucker. I'm sorry. Some things are more important than Magic the Gathering. You not, know that's not fucking true. Not many. <laughs> but there's a few. Hmm. All right. Well, I need some financial advice, Sam. I need to know what I'm going to buy in this upcoming set. I need to know what cards are going to go up in the next couple of months when the, the meta shifts. Well, you are in luck, but I need something from you. I need a sacrifice. Just a little, just something to tide me over until I can get back to hell. You know I don't like dealing with the devil. Last time I did this, you fucked me. And I always will. <laughs> How do I know I can even trust you? You can't. We'll put that out there right now. You cannot trust me. No one can. I can't trust myself, for fuck's sake. What do you got? I need a card. I need something. Something of monetary value. If monetary information is what you seek, I need something. All right, Sam, you greedy bastard. I am offering you a chalice of the void for all the knowledge. Do I have your word? Can I I trust your demonic dealings that you're not going to fuck me on this one? Only because it's an original printing. I will take the offer. Okay, Hand it over to me. Hand it over. Oh, let me. Mm, I just, I love it. Oh, oh. Oh, there we go. What? Oh, okay, what the wait. fuck? Oh, what? Why the fuck would you do that? I'm creating artificial scarcity. <laughs> you son of a That's bitch. what this game is all about. <laughs> okay, San. You're clearly taking me for a ride here, but I want to know what, am I, what, what am I what am I looking out for? What what cards do I need to to be paying attention to here? First off, I think you need to pay vast attention to blue. Moving forward. Everything blue. Put all your money in blue. All your money in blue. All your money in blue. All your money in opt. Buy every opt out there and then just rip them one after another. Because opt is now modern legal as well as standard legal. One thing, too, that I noticed is all these legendary enchantments. They're just totally worth it. And I think you should buy them. Especially search for Azcanta. Okay, so you're saying put my money in search for Azcantanta. Okay. Yes. Right now, four ninety nine. Bargain deal. Buy the foils. Always buy the foils. Always Don't, buy rip the foils. foils. Okay. Don't rip the foils. <laughs> Only I, I, rip the regular. I'm glad you, you draw the line somewhere. There's got to be a line. You, There's no you, line. There's no fun. You're, you're not a complete monster, at least. No. Only 99%. <laughs> There's okay. more here, too. More here. Okay. All dinosaurs, of course. All the multicolored cards, of course. And especially Huratai, Warrior Poet. I see it going places. Yes. Lots of places. Yes. Okay. Good advice. Good advice. Any, anything, any, anything else? Anything, anything I should steer clear of? Any, any red herrings out there? There's a few. All the pirates. All those dirty pirates. <laughs> Don't trust it. Don't trust the dirty pirate? Don't trust the pirates. None of them. None of them. It's not a viable strategy. Seth's an asshole. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He just likes things drummed up in his mind. He watched that movie Hook too many times as a child. <laughs> He believes he's Peter Pan. <laughs> oh, man. He man that's brutal. He is not. What Are, else do you want to know? Um, you tell me. You, I, you tell me what you want to know to give you the answer. I don't know, man. That's, that's all I want to know is just where to put my money. And do you, do you have any, um, any insight on, on, on maybe where the meta is going? What deck should I be building? If I were you, I would be trying to maintain vehicles 
through the meta shift. Even though it appears it will be nerfed, it probably won't. Hmm. It's at the top of all the lists right now. I don't... If you just take a look, just take a look with me, Nick, just for a second here. Boros Agro, Nationals, France, last week, 9, 10, 17. Look at what's on top. Look. Thraben Inspector, why do you have to leave? Why? Look at how good this deck is. Will it be nerfed? Won't it be nerfed? There's chances. Are you willing to take them? Let's see. Jesus, Sam. You gave me a lot to think about here. Good. Good. You know, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can trust me. But, <laughs> again, a devil's deal is a devil's deal. That's right. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, we're going to release you from the summoning. Can, can we have Seth back? And maybe, ne maybe next time we won't have to go through this. Maybe next time you'll, just, you'll come on your own volition. I can't make any promises. I'll try. I'll try for you, Nick. Just because you gave me such a great offering. Next time, no, I require more. Yeah, I next time, don't rip it up, asshole. Next time, I require something reserved. Something dicey. Something Black Lotus, maybe. You're getting out of line here, man. You really are. You, you, your, your demon's greed is too much. Hey, remember, you called me. I was happy. I don't need this. I don't need this at all. That's it. I'm out of this fucking place. Fuck y'all. Oh man! Oh. What happened, Nick? What uh, the fuck? I had to deal with the asshole. Why'd you call him? I don't even remember well, even what we were doing. What? An hour fifty-one minutes? What the fuck you, are we doing? You don't remember? You you, you black out during I, that? Yeah. That, I don't remember like the whole day now. Oh my what, god! What the hell? I like, mean, I, I guess totally I guess gone. the summoning possession is a little different from when he possesses you normally because yeah. this was a little bit more violent i mean a little more violent yeah you definitely yeah. kind of like freaked out a little bit when it happened i, I saw like it jello <laughs> i feel like i'm not totally there i don't huh. know what happened man well he gave me uh. some good advice hopefully for um you know investing what is who ripped this up what is this, this oh. is chalice of the void original yeah. printing mirrodin what, yeah what's so going on here? so so the dickhead wouldn't tell me uh you know what cards were going to be good after the summoning unless i offered him something so I, I decided you know i'll offer him something good because you know you know how that guy is the dirty dealings that he likes to do the sometimes they'll fuck you with you they'll give you a bad advice so I figured hey Very I'll give tricky. I'll give you a chalice of the void of faith show of my goodwill sure sure and the bastard ripped it up in front of my face he accepted it and then ripped it up I'm not surprised you know I, he seems like that kind of guy he doesn't know he doesn't know a good thing when he sees it dude that's a fucking screw loose I think so he just has the power of you know. Precognition. Yeah. I guess that's what happens when you suck the devil's dick. <laughs> it's just part of the deal, right? You got to yeah. have some of that there. He's... Well, I, I don't know because, you know, I, I mean, I summoned him for our listeners and I was hoping that he could give them some advice, but I, I just don't know if it's good good advice or bad advice because you, you, you just can never know with that you guy. You can never know. Only he has the answers. And if he gives yeah. you the real answers, that's up to him. I'm wondering you know? if he's playing the long con with me. I wouldn't doubt it. He's yeah. an excellent con man. Excellent, excellent con man. <laughs> So before we, before we wrap it up, guys or Seth, I guess since I'm talking to you here, um, I did have a another rant that I wanted to go on. Um, this one is not magic related, but okay, it, it needs to be said because I think this is, is some, about something close to my heart. Yes, <laughs> okay. you know where I'm going. With I this. do. Go ahead. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, this is a good nightcap to this. Episode. Yes, <laughs> I like this. Um, if, if you don't want to hear me on my soapbox talking about Jared Leto, just stop now. Because that's where we're going <laughs> this with this. This is where, yeah, you need to pull the plug yeah. right now. Okay, so we're talking Blade Runner 2049. This is an article I read. Um, 
I don't know, just it was on MSN and it looked stupid, so I clicked on it and I had a very good laugh, but doesn't sound good for the movie if this is what they're talking about, right? Sure. Okay. Yeah, so so this is this is where we're going with it. Um Jared Leto, as a lot of people <laughs> hopefully know, cl- claims to be or is a method actor, which yes. you know, he lives the role off the set at times. Sure. Um and for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, he's playing a blind guy. So he decided to put some whiteout contacts in <laughs> and pretend to be blind. Sure. You know, sure. while he was on set, while he didn't need to be commendable. Okay. In, okay. I'm following you. Oh. I'm following you. But <laughs> at the end of the fucking day, you should. The thing that got me about this is the response that he got from the director and the, the, the direct quotes from the director and the rest of the crew. And I, I have to read this because they're <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. Like, it just. Just how fucking out of touch these people are with reality. <laughs> so the, the director starts, we all heard stories about Jared, how he transforms into these characters. But even this didn't prepare me for what, what was to come, who characterized some of Jared Leto's acting decisions as insane. Yeah, you had to be fucking insane yeah. to be, you know, putting in these contacts and just being like, I'm going to be a blind person. Like, you're not living in reality anymore. No, you're not. I mean, I mean, it's beyond method acting. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, we, we all heard about his crazy shit he did when he was in the Suicide Squad as Joker. Yeah, as Joker but, yeah. You know, and like, even they were hamming that up, like, like he's oh. so fucking out of control as method acting. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ, dude. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I, as a normal human being, I don't get it, right? No, like, no, that's right. And what did what did the director oh say? My go God. through? Oh my God! So this is so the I best part. Yeah, I, I have to go through this the whole director thing. to begin with, but this just made me feel like, man, this movie's going to be a flop. okay. <laughs> so this is the first time that Jared Leto came out in after in method, costume, in costume and, with his blindness. So yeah. <laughs> he goes uh, during his first camera test. The director said Leto came into the room already in character. He could not see at all. He was walking with an assistant very slowly. It was like seeing. Jesus walking into a temple. Oh my God. <laughs> Everybody became super silent and fuck? it was kind of a sacred moment. Everyone was awe- in awe. It was so beautiful and powerful. I was moved to tears. What the fuck? Give me a fucking uh, break. Yeah. All right. Like, I'm not even religious, but the fact that you're compar- comparing a guy pretending to be blind to the savior of our people or people is insane. It's absolutely insane to say like the guy who saved all of humanity is the same level as this guy who's putting in fucking fake contact lenses and walking around like a blind guy. Well, let's call it like it is. I'm not a big fan of him. I don't think he's that good of an no, actor. No. Method or not. Just because somebody puts in contacts and needs to be helped to the stage. Yeah, the I, come on. It, and and then the fact that this guy had to say it was so beautiful and powerful he was moved to tears. Like what the That makes me fuck? really question this movie. You know how much this movie yeah. means to me. This means a lot. This is the sequel I've been waiting for since I was like a ten year old kid. I love Blade Runner. And I just know now I've got this feeling, this terrible God, feeling I, I, that it's gonna be shitty. Shitty, shitty, shitty. Yeah, I, and you know, I, I mean I, to me it it just seems like Okay, so A, they're hamming they're, first of all, I hope that they're just hamming this up. Like yeah. in my in my mind what I hear what is happening. What I picture is happening as he came out, and they're like, "Oh, he's in character," and like they're just kind of hamming it up to try to drive interest into this movie, yeah. which is what I, I hope is to God is happening. Mm-hmm. But if if this is what you have to talk about instead of the content of the movie, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> that goes right? to show how poor the the, the, the actual movie right? probably will be. If you can't be like, "Hey, dude, he's crushing the scenes." It's it's hey, he came out 
pretending to be blind yeah. and we cried and 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 the <laughs> fact that like you you're this out of touch with reality that this is this is the stuff that is moving you and making it's not real yeah, it's, not it's not fucking real. real it's not real get your head out of your ass now let me say this if ridley scott i know he's a part of it but he's not the actual director this is dennis villeneuve or whoever yeah, it is. yeah. so ridley scott wouldn't say something that ridiculous. no never. ridley scott would take it as as a grain of salt it is what it is yeah Hence why the first Blade Runner is so good, because Ridley Scott would never do such a thing. You know, I just I don't know how much involvement Ridley had in the movie. That's why I'm worried, because that Blade Runner and a lot of people say this and you probably heard it on the interwebs. It's the type of movie you don't make a sequel to. You just right. leave it on its hallmark pedestal and say, look, this was a moment in time. It was you can't recreate. Yeah. You know, I agree. It's the type of movie where it's not only the science fiction that's there, but the reality in which the movie was created made that movie what it was the early 80s that synth the the music the the feeling the whole thing so going into it i'm very skeptical obviously i'm going to see the fucking movie in the theater yeah. oh yeah just because sure. it's still blade runner it's still you know fucking cool <laughs> but who knows i just want to finish this up really quick with uh, a quote from mr leto himself oh god <laughs> and he says i didn't dive as deep down the rabbit hole as maybe i have done before um, according to the star, he tried to live as a blind person, but never thought of himself as really blind. Thank fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this right. He had, he, no, he's actually saying, uh, what I'm gathering from that is he actually does have the ability. He could have taken it to that next level and tr- turned into a complete well, blind person. But he just instead wore the black They're saying, God. like, he, they just had to clarify for everybody that he didn't think he was blind. He, he knew he wasn't blind the whole time. Like, but And then he quotes as saying, I'm crazy, but I'm not insane. I don't know. I don't know really what the know what the difference is. That's a, a razor's edge. Yeah. Like, how is that any different? There, you're walking the tightest line of oh lines. Oh my god, that's fucking nuts. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It, it just seemed like. Yeah. It. I, I don't know. It just seemed very weird thing to write an article about, and a weird thing to get emotional over was the fact that this guy's pretending to be blind. Yeah. Um. Now, from the trailer, correct me if I'm wrong, he is essentially the guy who took over for Tyrell. I believe so, yes. So it's somehow maybe not related to Tyrell, but he's part of Tyrell's empire that created the androids in the first place. So, And there's like this weird birthing scene and him talking really funny. Right, right. Accepting this android birth and saying that creation has this cost and all this stuff. I've watched all the trailers. Yeah, of course. Incessantly. (laughs) So... (laughs) I just don't know. I like Ryan Gosling. I think it's a good choice, probably. I mean, it shows the faith that they're willing to put some big bucks behind the main lead. Sure. Of course, my boy Harrison coming back means a lot. It does. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I just can't wait to hear from the early screening, and it's just going to be its going to be like two big thumbs down. It's going to be like, I have a feeling it's going to be competing with Dark Tower for the worst film. Yeah, I, I, it's very close. Unfortunately. Yeah. Other movie news, real quick. It, holy cow, it's... Yeah, crushing it, numbers. dude. Crushing it. I haven't me, seen it yet, but... Makes me want to see it, but you know what? I really hate that TV movie from when we were kids. Oh, I, yeah? Oh, I just... Waste, Did it scare you, I, or...? No, it just it felt like a, a big waste of time. I remember watching it with my younger brother when I was 10, and he was like 7 or 8 or something, and we just both looked at each other when it was the spider at the end, and we are like, why did we just waste the th- last three and a half hours of our life for that to be the end of the movie? Yeah. What the fuck? I hear you. you know, sorry, spoilers, everybody out there. I'm sure everybody's seen it's the It's like movie. 30 years old. I mean, come on. Tim Curry is the clown. Great. I love it. The sure. kid from Never Ending story sure close you know i get it i get it but uh, i just don't i don't know i'd have to see this new one to make the call i know? heard it was pretty good I, yeah. I heard good things about it uh, obviously it's if you didn't know it's gonna be a sequel they're only covering the part 
of them being kids for this first movie, and then they're going to finish them as adults in the second one. Smart move. Yeah. <laughs> Smart move, because that was the number one problem with the first one. It was too quick, yeah. Too quick, too long. It's like a it's like a th- over 1,000-page book, I think. Yeah, you can't do that in one two-hour movie, yeah. hour-and-a-half movie or whatever. That doesn't make much sense. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. Oh, boy. Yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it up. We're, we're over two hours here. I think this this longest pod we've ever done, man. So it is. it's pretty it cool. Is. Hope you guys st- stuck with us. Yeah. on air. Thanks, everybody, for listening. There will be more to say about Ixalan coming up. Um, yeah, let us know what you think. Hit us up. This is a, this is a big one for us, I think. Hallmark. Episode. Yeah, I think so, too. All right. Check you later. Later.